Attention Talking Simpsons listeners, we have a special mini-series just for you. We're going through the entire first season of King of the Hill, and you can only hear it if you're a $5 and up patron at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. We're giving the Talking Simpsons treatment to all 13 episodes of King of the Hill's first season, and if you want a free sample, you'll find the first episode available for free in the Talking Simpsons feed. Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. It's the only place you'll find the first season of Talk King of the Hill. Made you go click, 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 click. It's real easy, man. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy, hoy, everybody. Welcome to Talking Simpsons, where fire is the cure for everything. I'm your host, Quantum Presbyterian Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? Henry Gilbert, and don't forget Ken Starr, Bob. Oh, no. And who is our special guest today? Look, Marge, Maggie lost her baby legs. Alan Denton. <laughs> Woo! And today's episode is Treehouse of Horror 9. How are Bart and Lisa going to get out of this one? Today's episode aired on October 29th, 1998, and as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real-world history. (gasps) Oh my god! Oh boy, Bobby, Soleil Moon Fry gets married, and she's still together with that man. Mm. Surprising. Like, every time we do a wedding on here, they are usually divorced uh, uh, at present, but not her. Punky's a good kid. (laughs) Oh, Punky. (laughs) Uh, then the Yankees sweep the Padres in the World Series, which is why Simpsons Broadcasting was so spotty for the uh, the last month in 1998. We're heading to the last uh, Trials of Horror before Halloween, I think. I think we're reaching yeah. the years. Yeah, for a little while it happens in November, but uh, all thanks to World Series. Honestly, It's fun, Halloween in November. <laughs> we're lucky if the Yankees hadn't swept the Padres, this might have been pushed to November as well, just oh, because yeah. of it. And then finally, it's been just one. One week that Bare Naked Ladies uh, are at the top of the Billboard charts. Uh, and that nice song one. will play in every grocery store <laughs> from here until the sun burns out. That's the one with the Sailor Moon reference in it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I want to groan louder, but I was in eighth grade and I memorized all the words to it. Mm. And I, I loved it. It like was everybody else. It was a perfect nerdy guy song to love then. Yeah. It was one of those songs that's a list of things. Yeah. Except uh, we didn't start the fire. It was a themed list. It's like, yeah. here are things things that caused other things to happen. <laughs> and, and this is just like, well, here are some references. Yeah. Chickity China, the Chinese chicken. <laughs> I like that his dream's like, well, I don't make films, but if I made films, yeah. they have samurai. Was he a weeb? Was he telling us this? I think so. Okay. Yeah. I, I think so. Canadian yeah, I think weebs, so. eh? <laughs> I welcomed it on the radio every time I heard it, but they really, I know I, as a joke, said that, but they really were only at number one for a single week, a single seven days on the Billboard chart. Oh, That's really? it? Yep. I, I consider that song like the song of the year. <laughs> I mean, it was huge well, for all of 98, but it just got shut back. Uh, there were just bigger hits at the Yeah, probably time, like yeah. The Boy Is Mine around then. <laughs> uh, you know, I think it might have been one yeah. of those. Yeah, yeah. Well, my, my birthday in seventh grade, me and my bros went to see Titanic. Ooh. That was, yeah, so I want to groan at that too, but like, I was like, well, I guess this is the thing to do. We're all seeing Titanic, just a bunch of 13-year-old dudes. <laughs> Having two and a half hours of 
of fun waiting for a boob. What? I mean, there was a boob. Did you hear about the boob in advance? Uh, no. Okay. I knew about the boob in advance, but I knew that was a three-hour wait <laughs> to see boob. Uh, well, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a good action film. They were like, it's a good boob. I mean, it is a good. I've I don't seen wanna, the boob. It's good. I don't want to insult uh, Kate Winslet. She has wonderful boobs, yes. <laughs> but, but one hour of that three-hour film is a really great action film, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a two-hour romance film and then an hour of an action film also. Bob has still never seen it. He is uh, yep, he's really? yes. famously on this podcast. I've been told I don't need to now, so uh, <laughs> three hours uh, can be spent in any way. Our we, previous guest, Kate Raff, she said you do need to see it. Well, she commanded you to. I, I still have not listened to her. I'm sorry, Kate. <laughs> uh, so the song that it uh, dethroned was Monica's First Night, mm. which then took back over after their one week on there. Don't and, recall that. Uh, and also right before that was Lauren Hill's Doo-Wop oh. and uh, Aerosmith don't want to miss a thing. Wow, it owned all of July and August. Like, it, uh, it had a long time up there. And the Bare Naked Ladies will go on to write the theme for another animated series. Anyone know what that Baby is? Blues. That's it, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, uh, I met you Yeah, before. that's it. That's the song. I think it was an existing song. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it was. That felt like one of those sequel songs to a popular song that a band <laughs> would make. Anyway, our guest, yes. Alan Denton. Alan Denton. Hey, guys. So, uh, man, friend of Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes, right, you right. are. Yeah. You know Sonic the close Hedgehog. Close personal friend. <laughs> yeah, close personal friend. That's uh, If you ask my nephews, that's what they think I do. They think I hang out with Sonic uh, the Hedgehog all I'd day. let them keep thinking that. I mean, people, if you've seen fun memes from Sonic Boom, that's that's Alan's work right there, right? Yeah. I, it's funny because like, I saw on Reddit once like one of the jokes from our episodes like made the front page of Reddit, and I was like, I should be getting that karma. You know? Like, wait, wait, I wrote that. Some stranger's getting the points. So then I just started making image memes uh, of like all of the best jokes from every episode and then sharing them and then I just sort of became like the de facto PR arm of the show because nobody <laughs> else was doing that mm-hmm. I think so, you can contact Reddit to get residual karma oh, from good. jokes that are yours <laughs> yeah. I have to find out uh, well yeah I mean you're a professional animation and comedy writer I'm like is uh, Sonic Boom maybe your most famous thing or? yeah yeah that's probably my most well-known work I've also done some work on some other cartoons and I was head writer on a preschool show that I don't expect any of your audience to have mm-hmm. seen. Uh, I haven't learned all they're... my shapes yet, so <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our, our audience is old enough that they could have kids who have watched it, though. Yeah, if your kids watch Sunny Day on Nick Jr., season mm-hmm. two, I was co-head writer on mm-hmm. that. Okay. But, you know, I, I bounce around. I do a lot of stuff. This, you must have been a Simpsons fans growing oh my... up as well. Yes, so I was the resident Simpsons encyclopedia in New Jersey, where I I grew up, we got both the Philadelphia affiliate and the New York affiliate, mm. which meant that I could watch syndication from both. <laughs> and so I would watch... Oh, nice. Probably four episodes a day, five days a week. Yeah, being the encyclopedia of your group was such an honor back then in the pre-Wikipedia days. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a it's a valueless skill now unless you do <laughs> trivia night mm-hmm. or oh, yeah. a podcast. <laughs> and I both lost and won a trivia night, so it's not always you know a guarantee. <laughs> I I actually I met Matt Groening at like an Ooh. animation. Uh, he was getting like an animator of the year award, and I told him I was just like I don't want to embarrass myself, but you should just know that. I like The Simpsons a lot. Mm-hmm. If I told you how much, it would be embarrassing. And he was like, well, what, what are we talking about here? And I was like, I, I would watch it four times a day for like six years. And he just went like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> 
You weren't alone, though. That was like a lot of kids in the 90s because of Mm -hmm. how often that was syndicated. I think I didn't get two stations playing it, but it was an hour a day for me at a certain point. I got, uh, yeah, we just had the hour. You were lucky then. That sounds like the closest thing I had to that situation was when TBS and WGN both had the Save by the Bell rerun rights, (laughs) and I'd watch an hour of it on one and then switch to the other. Sadly, I did that, too. And I didn't even like it. (laughs) Yeah, that's such a downgrade. (laughs) Yeah, I know, but it was just so easy to watch. It's just like, this is just not, I mean, no. before you go to high school, it seems like a cool show that's really about what real teens do. <laughs> yeah, There's I can't wait classroom. to call time out. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't granted that power in high school. <laughs> I was really let down in high school. That was my first letdown of like time for my timeout powers on freshman day. <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> when you, you know, started your career as a writer, like, was The Simpsons a big inspiration for you? A hundred percent. I Like, I met the, the guy who was head writer on Sonic Boom. I kind of sidled up on him because he had written for The Simpsons. Oh, uh, really? Name's Bill Freiberger. Mm-hmm. He wrote the episode where Lisa becomes a Buddhist. Uh, she oh, of little oh, faith. Oh, okay, cool. Oh. Yeah, if you're if you're back in town, talk to Bill. Uh, so I, I sort of like immediately when I moved to L.A., I came across him and just was like, we should hang out. We should be friends. And, and that, like, eventually, that friendship, you know, he hired me as an assistant on a different show and everything, and then onto Sonic Boom as a writer. And we just sort of filled it with, uh, I, I don't want to flatter ourselves and say, oh, we filled it with Simpsons-like humor, but uh, we gave it our best shot, I guess. Wow, I, I didn't realize the Sonic Boom show had such a connection to the Simpsons. And I'm looking at his uh, credits now. He started on Get a Light. So oh wow! There's a Sonic Boom get a life connection. Wow! No <laughs> wonder. Deep. No wonder yeah, it's memed. One, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, the Sonic. You know, this has made me want to watch the Sonic Boom show more than I had before. It. I mean, it has an unfortunate connection to a game that wasn't very well reviewed. Yeah, uh, yeah, but, the, it does. but the, that is not a knock on the show at all. Like you guys were doing your your great work, unrelated to that. Yeah. How do I be political here? <laughs> uh, we uh, we just kept our heads down and made our show and had faith that everybody else was doing just as good of a job. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they did. They worked really hard. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, we gave you possible episodes too, but uh, we went with a, a Treehouse one. Are you a big Halloween Simpsons fan? Or I, as well? Yeah, I, I love them. I would kind of look forward to the Treehouse of Horror every year. If it actually like landed around Halloween weekend, mm-hmm. that was the big bonus. Yeah, I think next year's is on Halloween. Okay. This one is a few days before. And it's 666 next year, right? 666? Episode oh. Oh, I meant like uh, in this timeline, Trios of Four or Ten is uh, airing on uh, Halloween. Yeah. Oh so. yeah, they haven't announced. I don't think they've announced the air date yet for the yeah the next one is episode six sixty six. Yeah, 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 for season thirty one, which like wild to say that. But yeah, I, what are some of your favorite segments in those classic Halloween ones? Oh man, well. You know, I would kind of lean towards like the genre parodies, Dracula stuff, mm. or the you know the fly parodies and stuff like that. Which was interesting watching rewatching this one. That this one stuck to the Simpsons as themselves as a family yeah. through all three segments. That's true. Yeah, yeah, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, you know they didn't they didn't shake it up with a full on remake of something or uh, them taking on different characters. It all starts as a normal episode and then something crazy happens in it. Did you ever get to write a 
spooky episode of Sonic Boom? <laughs> no, we had a we had a thing with holidays on Earth might not ne- necessarily be holidays in Sonic's planet. Oh, okay. And so we had that. We were able to we were able <laughs> to get New Year's in because we said, well, that's just one rotation around a star. Every planet mm-hmm. would have that. But anything like like Christmas or Halloween or anything that was oh. That would point back to an Earth culture. I thought Sonic was Christian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of drawings on DeviantArt would lead you to believe yeah. that. <laughs> I, I take it those aren't canon. Uh, so do you guys have to like create a Wookiee Life Day kind of thing for your show? Yeah. Or? <laughs> yeah. I think we we dressed we would dress Knuckles up a few times. We mm. I, I think there was like a thing where on that New Year's episode, he was like, Is this the holiday where we uh, where we dress up in costume and and threaten people unless they give us candy? <laughs> um, you know, so we that's the closest we got. I see. Man, I would have assumed like Robotnik came from, well, okay, that's not oh. in the Boom universe. Sorry. Well, like, I, I'm thinking uh, of Adventure Universe. Well, yeah. Dr. Eggman is the only human in the Boom universe. Mm-hmm. Um, we do not get into his backstory uh, <laughs> because that would probably imply other humans, wouldn't it? Mm. So It's uh, good when he is the only human. I will say that. <laughs> yeah. That's a good third rail. That's a third rail you gotta stay away from. The talking about, like, how is he here? Like, I, that's one of my favorite things in Sonic Goofery I've seen about the Avengers universe where it's like, which characters have cl- canonically had sex? Well, <laughs> oh, God. No. Robotnik's father, grandfather, did uh-huh. have kids. What are you so doing? I'm sorry. It's, I mean, it comes up with anything like uh, there are so many, you know, orphans in cartoons because of that. Like, mm. you don't want to make anything a sexual being. <laughs> uh, but anyway, sorry, we're getting into yeah, what, dangerous what's going on? Sonic territory. No one's here. working after this podcast. Uh, but th- So this episode, Trias of Horror 9 for the 10th season, it's the first in the production Productions of season ten, right? It's it's uh, yeah, FOB one. Yeah, and David Cohen's last episode as a writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, his credit is Dave. Uh, watch Futurama Cohen. Yeah, so. I noticed that. <laughs> Stay tuned for what? Uh, four months? Yeah, uh, five, five months. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And this is also one of the most star-studded treehouses ever. There's a guest yeah. star in every act. Yeah, it depends on your definition of star. <laughs> but yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> they're guest stars. They're all they're all called special guests in the credits but yes the i now i'm most impressed by regis philbin like like, (laughs) oh man he just he's done so much scully got that star power on his shows (laughs) he really that you know scully uh went to he knew the value of a special guest for sure and uh and got the most out of it and yeah i I forgot that even the intro of this has a guest star in it like so it really is every every segment around a commercial break so do you think scully ushered in that era of celebrity worship on the Simpsons, whereas hmm. before it was kind of the punk. I think he did it more, but I, I mean, you can see in like when Mel Brooks showed up in a limousine, that was a, yeah. a similar style. Or, or like Krusty uh, gets canceled. Yeah. It's just like an all-star yeah. celebration yeah. of yeah. celebrity. And the baseball player yeah. one too. Well, yeah. It happened less often yeah. for sure before him. Yeah. I think he indulged in it more and, and set up for the type of world we're in now where celebrities just walk into town. Uh, hey, it's every... Elon Musk. Oh, oh. <laughs> Uh, and I think this also is one of like the bloodiest one in a while. I mean, there's implied violence all over the place, but it's mm. actually not that bloody, really. I still think the Merkin one that he made the most violent is the most violent. Oh, yeah, yeah, The one yeah. with the shinning and the turning inside out fog The children in the blender. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, okay. Yes, that, yeah. this isn't as violent as that, but I do think, like, when it starts with Bart writing in blood, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. that surprised me. I was like, oh, this is kind of grisly. And same with, like, the, the intro that is a full parody of the old intro. I like how they remix the uh, Mar 
Marge happily honking her horn. She's not driving uh, to get groceries or from the grocery store. She's murdering Homer. <laughs> She's running <laughs> yeah. it over. I love that. Yeah. And well, and the uh, one of the most grisly things in it is like Bart's fall and his position of his broken neck. Yeah. <laughs> At least his head is just embedded in the garage or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, that's Lisa. She gets yeah, embedded. Lisa. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But she's wearing a helmet. Oh, so, so <laughs> she's uh, dead but safe. Well, you know that that must have been some sort of. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. If, uh, I think it's because she's wearing a helmet in the original uh, oh, okay. animation, so they, they might want to keep it consistent okay. to fool you. But uh, yeah, that's a weird touch. She's killed with a helmet. So The Simpsons is saying helmets don't work, everybody. <laughs> I've seen so many. Uh, we are in LA. We're plagued amongst the scooters and the uh, the bikes yeah. and all the uh, app driven uh, things that terrorize sidewalks. Nobody's wearing a helmet. Mm. Oh no, no. It's terrifying. What, 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 do you carry a helmet around with you? I don't want brains on me. Yeah, no. <laughs> on these I, nice jeans. Yeah, I guess it's it's a, a random choice to pick up one of those scooters or the bikes. So you you didn't come prepared with a helmet or you're just like a tourist who's like, I'll take one of these things. That is incredibly unsafe, mm-hmm. actually. Those, yes. Those things should come with helmets, but I guess people would just take the helmets. Well, the, well and they I wouldn't put that helmet on. Yeah. Mm, a you shared helmet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I went through that in Little League and that was gross enough. <laughs> <laughs> another guy's sweaty batting helmet. If I was a homeless guy, I would pee on every one of those. I'd see mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> everyone. Well, if I could, <laughs> if, if uh, physically possible, they're multiplying. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, they're taking up good sidewalk space, so I'd, I'd at least want to laugh at the people putting on those helmets. Like, ah, if they only knew. Stepping yeah. in so much pee. Yeah. So I guess the first uh, guest star is Robert Eng- Englund. Yeah. As Freddy yeah. Krueger. I didn't even realize that was him until I saw the credits. So he has one line. That is an unnecessary effort. Nobody would know it didn't sound like him. I mean, I I love Robert Englund. He really owns that role of Freddy. You can't do it without him. They tried. It doesn't work. Yeah, but then they had Jason, who was just like Dan Castellaneta or something. I think so. Like yeah. one of the regulars. Yeah. 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 Well, I think it's like the giant men who play Jason don't. Well, they yeah. never talk, and they uh, they probably can't act, <laughs> perhaps. So <laughs> I think they were right in not bothering with one of the Jason Voorhees bodies. I wonder if they had to pay, especially to have Robert England play Freddy. Like, that almost feels like you got to ask New Line Cinema for the rights to that oh, or something. jeez. Yeah, it's not like Scary Terry, where it's a parody <laughs> yeah. of Freddy. I guess, I mean, nobody says out loud, hey, Freddy Krueger. But <laughs> I still think uh, legally they're in a weird position with it, him playing Freddy Krueger. Even, but it's implied that Marge and Maggie are butchered by these two men. Oh, I guess yeah. When they must come in the door, they get chopped up. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, then the first scene we get here, it's written by Donick Carey, the mm-hmm. Hell Toupee. I didn't get this pun until about ten years ago. It's like, oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, Hell Toupee. It's an evil uh, toupee. No, Hell Toupee, as in there will be Hell to pay. Yeah, I didn't get it. Yeah, either. It's, I, it's very good. It's a very good pun. I didn't get it until listening to it with commentary, and they're all high fiving each other uh-huh. on how. Good the pun is Actually it might have been The commentary that yeah. Clued me in on it About a decade ago The writers yeah. have so much They should be proud Of their cleverness The point of uh, these Halloween shows Is to show off Clever writing And just fi- And then they can find Nine tree houses in Some new horror puns <laughs> I was also impressed They didn't um, I think all the titles Are are animated like they're fully animated they're yeah. not written on screen which I think they did in other ones of just chironing it on or whatever process they use so Hell to Pay begins with uh, I think the grossest thing in the whole episode is the nacho yeah. cheese in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh it's so disgusting well it's that it's that sound that squishy mm-hmm. sound they have so much good foley but yeah that, that nacho uh, and his his description of it too like nice lines let's see how it handles he's describing
describing working with a car, but he is a genuine hair comb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's like a ten cent comb. <coughs> Oh, God, you smokers disgust me. Hey, Pooh, you got a breakfast cereal for people with syphilis? Hands up, scuzzbag. Nah, not you, the smoking scuzzbag. <laughs> Chill out, dude. I'll pay the fine. Nah, this time you won't. This is your third strike. First you torched that orphanage, then you blew up that bus full of nuns. Hey, that was self-defense. <laughs> well, you'll be seeing lots of nuns where you're going, pal. Hell, <laughs> because the penalty for strike three is death. Oh, you'll never make it stick, dude. Will, too, because this place is full of witnesses. Apu, that scuzzbag mo. <laughs> I'm not going to forget this, dudes. I'm going to totally kill both of you. And uh, don't forget Bart Simpson. He's a witness, too. Right, Barty? Oh, oh you are so dead, little dude. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Chief. <laughs> oh, you kids crack me up. <laughs> <laughs> he, he simply can't hear Bart's words. Like, yeah, yeah. He's, this is one of the dumbest Wiggum scenes ever. They get away with a lot of it because it's Halloween, so they can make him extra stupid. And Bart's hiding between those very conspicuous Great White Hunter and Nuke arcade machines that they've, they've had it. since season one. They're not jokes. They're always there <laughs> yeah. in Just, the background. This is giant, bright orange arcade machine that says Nuke in green letters. It draws your eye. Uh, in a bad way, I think. It just gets grandfathered in, like, into season 10. It's something you always have to draw into the quickie mart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had forgotten the three strikes joke in here. Yeah, yeah. Which, you uh, did some research on this? I did do a okay. little research on it. California's three strikes law was even controversial when it was implemented in 1994, but it was a, one of those classic bipartisan, tough-on-crime kind of things. But it was also a voter, you know, brought up by politicians, but the voters of California chose it. The short version of it is, under California's controversial three strikes law, people who commit three felonies can be jailed for 25 years, even if the third offense is considered minor, as, as yeah. happens in this. You shouldn't base your laws around how many lives you get in Super Mario. That's what I have to say. <laughs> uh, baseball yeah. has told us how yeah. to run our government. The baseball analogy will ruin someone's life. <laughs> well, Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, anytime we can apply arbitrary rules, you know, and more mm. bureaucracy and kind of take take judgment out of the equation in law enforcement. <laughs> That's a good thing. Uh, and the, I mean, the three strikes law is one of those things that in government or when you hear about a law, it sounds just on its surface. You're like, oh, well, yeah, that makes, you know, common sense. If you yeah. do have three felonies, you go to jail for life. Like you've you struck out three times. We're trying to be nice to all these criminals. Uh, but in reality, it is applied shockingly by America's criminal justice system. It's applied in an unequal and often racist way. Mm -hmm. So if the third one's a felony, and if you increase through drug charges being called felonies even for simple possession, you end up with a lot of people with three felonies who go to jail for the rest of their lives on like pot charges or other nonviolent charges. Like, or uh, I don't think anybody actually got it for smoking in a non-smoking area. Yeah, but they are parodying that reality in this gag here. But it's you know or he's just put the death. Yes, but <laughs> you can't. So there is no death penalty for third strikes. It is just 25 to life. But, I mean, honestly, he should have been put to death for the blowing yes. up the bus full of nuns. Yeah, Springfield, uh, they, how he is walking around free after those two things is pretty <laughs> shocking, yeah. Uh, though the third strike, the three strikes law has been, it's technically 
it's still on the books, but it has been changed some through voter uh, action. Like in 2012, voting measure went through that changed it. So it has to be like a violent felony for your third one, like uh, for your third strike. And it kind of weakened it. I think finally people had learned like, oh, this thing doesn't work like you think it does. And then in 2018, they started expanding parole boards to be a little more lenient on people applying for parole, even though they were given 25 to life uh, with no chance of parole until then. Uh, and I mean, the timing of it, it's been around so long that like a person with their third strike in 1994 is now just up for their first parole hearing oh for their 25 to oh life. Oh my God. Yeah, that's how. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. This, these are depressing thoughts, but. That's why uh, they're making fun of it. Yes. <laughs> it's <yeah>. bad. <laughs> there's, there's better podcasts for this uh, conversation, but. Well, well, you know, when you were saying it was disproportionately racist, maybe it's mm. progressive that in Springfield, Snake is yeah. the one. Yeah. That, you know, <laughs> the most racist thing happening in the Quickie Mart is still Apu <laughs> being voiced by <laughs> Hank Azaria. <laughs> uh, he's, uh, he's fun in this one, though, Apu's. But yes, yeah, he's. Uh, Snake's the only person they could get away with putting to death yeah. on camera in the showing, show. Showing his death, yeah. Though they also do, it's one of these great stratifying thing of the Springfield Society. They always have to say like, Mo, you're one better than Snake. Like, <laughs> Snake, you're on this level. Snake is Mo, just below uh, you. runs a business. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. they, they were punching Mo a lot in this one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mo has uh, syphilis. Uh, he has an outhouse. Mm-hmm. Lots, yeah. of, lots of things are going on with Mo. Though he hates smoke, which is funny because as a bar owner, I would think he's uh, mm. smelled a lot of smoke. Though, I guess nobody ever really yeah. smokes in Mo's. Yeah, it's not really a smoky bar. Even before all the rules against smoking in bars, like in 1990, they totally, you can smoke in a bar, and yet they still never really had people smoking. They probably didn't want to animate it. Yeah, Uh, it's a lot of extra work. I mean, later in this episode when Homer smokes, it's still shocking to see it like, oh, Homer with a cigarette. Mm -hmm. Oh, bell. Yeah. I think uh, they just announced Netflix had some new rule that, like, across the board, just no cigarettes in any of the stuff they make, like, just zero. Well, they they said across the board, but then they were also saying, unless it's integral to the character. Okay, okay. Which which really kind of erases that whole mandate. As long as they're explaining their backstory (laughs) while smoking. And that's why I smoke. (laughs) It's been a while since we've seen the Laramie brand, too. I like seeing all the Laramie. I think even just mocking smoke. Smoking just kind of stopped happening on the show by this point. Well, I think there was fewer smoking advertisements happening at this point. Mm. You know, like the smoking billboards were, you know, less prevalent in the magazine ads. So I think... Mm -hmm. They kind of dialed back on it. Even then, it did feel weird to like buy a TV guide or and see on the back they had like a menthol yeah. cigarette ad or something. <laughs> that uh, I think it's pretty much impossible to advertise cigarettes. So 7-Eleven, I mean, they still have them behind the counter, but I feel like that uh, space is shrinking more and more mm. in the stores. The users are literally dying out. And, and people moved on to their cool jewel cigarettes yeah. instead. Candy fog. <laughs> The Simpsons will be right back. Hi, Hey, it's Henry here at the break, and I want to thank you once more for listening to this week's episode of Talking Simpsons. And a big thank you to our guest, Alan Denton, another of the cool folks that we met in Los Angeles, California. And the way me and Bob were able to afford to stay in the heart of Hollywood was thanks to the wonderful support of patrons at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. People supporting us at $5 a month on that subscription service make it so me and Bob can do this podcast full time, and we provide our patrons 
patrons with a ton of exclusive content, like every episode of Talking Simpsons and What a Cartoon a week ahead of time and ad-free. Also, for $5 a month, you get access to our many Patreon-exclusive miniseries that you won't hear anywhere else, like me and Bob going through every episode of The Critic, the entire first season of Futurama, and the entire first season of King of the Hill, and tons of exclusive Simpsons interviews with folks who have worked on the series, including some who have been there since the very beginning. All of that exclusive to you and tons more coming each month only for $5 a month patrons. So please consider supporting the show at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. You know what tastes even better than a bowl of penicillos? The being a $10 a month patron at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. You get all of that $5 stuff I talked about before, plus our monthly premium podcast, What a Cartoon Movie, where me and Bob talk about a different animated feature film in the same style as we cover Talking Simpsons. Our most recent one, Beavis and Butthead Do America, the 1996 classic that took the crudely animated teens to the big screen. We had a ton of fun talking about that for almost four hours. And that's just the most recent one. Over 24 hours of back catalog is available to you with me and Bob talking about the Disney film Aladdin, Tiny Toons, How I Spent My Vacation, a Goofy Movie, The Secret of Nim, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Kiki's Delivery Service, Akira, and Batman Mask of the Phantasm. It's all there. So please check that out at $10 a month. It's a steal. One more time. It's all at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. So Snake isn't just getting executed. He's making wonderful television. <laughs> oh, yeah. and this is the uh, the era of world's blankiest blank yeah. <laughs> reality television. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. On, uh, on a Futurama just a few months after this, they'll have. Uh, yeah. I like shows like world's blankiest blank. Oh, so I was stealing from Fry. You're right. No, I, I, wasn't, <laughs> I, know. I, I wasn't calling I, you on it. Bob. I was wondering where that line came from world's blankiest blank. <laughs> and that's where it is. This is also uh, we're going to play the old death jingle here mm. because oh. uh, in honor of this episode's only posthumous guest, Ed McMahon. Death stalks you at every turn! Ah, there it is! Death! So he died in 2009 at age 86. So it's a pretty, that's a pretty good life. And one of his last roles was playing Alf's sidekick on Alf's hit talk oh, show God. on TV Land. Oh, and no. Only, only seven episodes. Oh, no. Have you, have you seen the, these clips of that show ever, no, Alan? No, I loved Alf, too, and I never watched that. It totally made sense of, like, everybody still loves Alf. Let's put him in talk show form. I think it was also based on the fact that uh, so Algene and Mike Reese wrote for Elf, and there are basically two episodes of Elf that are just like, what if Elf hosted the Tonight Show? I think it would look something like this, and then that was the episode. So there are two of those. They're called Tonight Tonight, Part One and Part Two. Right. Oh. So. They just wrote Alf hosting a talk show, so I guess like 20 years later, it's like, oh, I guess he could do that. And yeah, then it, was, it lasted seven episodes. It's a proof of concept yeah. from, from an old shitty episode of Alf. I think all the old actors just didn't want to be in that living room set anymore. It's like, get him off of this set, get him somewhere else. None of them came back. They all hated the creator of Alf, who also is the voice of Alf. I, oh, and the dad just died. The Alf oh, dad just really? died. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's, he's had a hell of a life. Yeah. 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 What a... <laughs> I will say that uh, I think the issue on Alf was uh, they were just running out of stories 
tell because uh, like through the like sheer technical aspect of the show, Alf could not leave the house. Yeah. Like they were just trapped in the house for every story. <laughs> that's why that's why in American Dad by season two, they're like, you know what, Roger can just dress like a person and leave. Like he'll do so many things. They got they got tired of his being stuck in the house by that point. Growing up, I knew Ed McMahon most as the guy after the Super Bowl who uh, gives out publishers clearinghouse oh, yeah. prizes. Yes. Wow, that was that was quite an error. I missed that. I missed those things. The uh, I yeah, that's I think how I first saw Ed McMahon too because I wasn't staying up late watching Tonight Show as a kid. Yeah. I though I guess I maybe knew him first as if somebody just said "Hi as a reference, I'd be like, well, "Is that a person?" Yeah. <laughs> well, I knew that as a noise people made on The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, man. One of my favorite Ed McMahon guest appearances was about his um, health. Actually, it was on Just Shoot Me. The plot was the old. Uh, model character on the show she was worried she was going to get overshadowed on things in the news and Ed McMahon might die and she's like oh no he's gonna he'll overshadow my news with his death we can't have that and so she visits him in the hospital but it got wrongly reported he was just in there for a routine thing and so I thought it was kind of edgy that he did jokes about like everybody thinks he's (laughs) gonna die very soon I think he was also on this episode because he had uh, he had several autobiographies and his most recent one came out this month Oh, it's called okay. uh, For Laughing Out Loud, oh. My Life in Good Times. But if you waited just uh, seven more years, you could also read Here's Johnny, My Memories of Johnny Carson, The Tonight oh. Show, and 46 Years of Friendship. So, Aww, yeah. That's nice. And then if you go back in time to 1976, he has another autobiography. So That's a lot. He's, it's sort of like Bruce Campbell. He's mm. like, there's so many out of, like, you need just to write one. Yeah, because. On your deathbed. Ed McMahon had been impersonated several times on The Simpsons before this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. And I he, wonder if they asked him those times and he said no, but then he's like, well, I got a book now. <laughs> I don't know if he ever appeared. I think you just like hear him on the TV, maybe. Yeah, yeah. He'd be on the TV reacting to Johnny. It's, and it's, there's like a sideshow Mel scene where he's drunk on Wowie Sauce. Oh, and it's yeah. a parody of Ed McMahon being drunk on The Tonight Show. <laughs> That's uh, such a classic clip. Yeah. But if you just type in Ed McMahon drunk on YouTube, you can find all oh, kinds no. of clips of him being drunk <laughs> on TV. I like how loose they were yeah. back then. They're just like, well, we had a long lunch today, wink, they'd say. <laughs> this is McMahon appearing on the show like five years after Johnny did the show. Yeah, that's right. And Johnny's still alive, I think, at this point. At this point. Yeah. Well, yeah. at this yes. point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, when they hired Ed McMahon to do this stuff, he went all in on this. He's like, you paid for Ed McMahon, you're getting Ed McMahon. He got the joke. Hi, I'm Ed McMahon. Tonight on Fox, from the producers of When Skirts Fall Off and Secrets of National Security revealed its world's deadliest executions. Making his first appearance on our show, here's Snake. Thank you, Chicky Paws. The chair. Oh. How come they only do crucifixions during sweeps? Snake played lacrosse at Ball State University. So long, Snake. You'll never harm another person with secondhand smoke. Get this carcass over to the hospital and carve it up for organs. Dibs on the liver! 
That music gave me like Star Search vibes too, mm. because he oh, was yeah. on Star Search as well. So he was an active guy. He did a lot of stuff. I mean, not as much as Regis, but uh, <laughs> he, he kept pretty busy. Ed McMahon did. Yeah, yeah. It's a very elderly fan base they're going for in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think uh, America has yet televised like a uh, execution. I feel like we're on our way, but not yet. Yeah, I just I, when I was reading up on this, I read that that Phil Donahue tried really? at one point to to like have an execution on a show, and they wouldn't let him. Hmm. Wow, it's for the best. Yeah, although I, maybe maybe people need to see that. I, I mean, yeah, if people, uh, we're an anti death penalty podcast. Yeah, here, yeah, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think you know maybe if people saw the grisly reality of what state murder does and i i'm glad later lisa just says like it, it's not a deterrent yeah. i love that line yeah uh but yeah the death penalty thing it, it also comes kind of soon after starship troopers had a joke about like this person was caught this morning tonight he'll be executed 8 p.m like you know annie will do somewhat exploitative like um death row specials like interviewing people on death row but they they have yet to air someone being killed i think that's good yeah, uh, yeah. you know and it's like they're making fun of these shows the world's blankiest blank shows mm. and like the, again i can't come in from a, a high pedestal on this because i watched all of them <laughs> i you know i watched world's deadliest police chases and i also watched magic secrets revealed like like the thing specifically they're making fun of i was watching i remember uh like a year or so after this when freaks and geeks got canceled that was probably like two years later yeah i remember paul feig like on the freaks and geeks website i loved freaks and geeks and on the website he was like ranting about like oh, i guess a show like this won't work and every people just want to watch magicians reveal secrets and i was like hey i like magicians <laughs> revealing can, secrets like both yeah i like your thing and i like the mass magician <laughs> i think later i turned on reality shows Shows. When I just found out that they were like, they were how much cheaper they were to produce, and that's yeah. why the scripted shows were picked over them a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you were thinking about jobs. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I love that on this parody that they do live crucifixion. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, the electric chair seems bad enough, but like televising a crucifixion is such an insane. Yeah. It's going to be a, like a marathon show. show then. Yeah, it's a very slow death. Yeah. Maybe they check in like a week later. Like, <laughs> All right, we'll see you tomorrow night. Checking in on this guy oh. also though they say they're they're wrong there snake went to middlebury for college that's true go goodbye student State. loan payments <laughs> oh yeah maybe that's got his true. master's degree at up all state you never know <laughs> and it's not canonical anyway well he but. just played lacrosse there he maybe yeah, didn't attend it's true mm. them instantly carving up his body for it uh, that that's like the i think that's the fear that makes people not want to be organ yeah. donors i think uh, they just chop up your body yeah i've heard i've heard people you know scared like oh i don't want to be an organ donor because then they'll let me die because they want to harvest which is a crazy way to think they don't look they don't look at your id to see if you're a donor until after you're dead that's worth that liver's worth a fortune (laughs) the doctor's got a scalpel in hand like wait look at that wallet Mm, let's get the red dot yeah. Tear him up. <laughs> yeah, that no, um, my friend, his mom explicitly told him, do not check our organ donor because they will kill you like if you're in an accident. <laughs> There's no way that's true. <laughs> it, that seems impossible. Yeah. Wait, wait, don't operate. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I believe I am an organ donor on there, but don't uh, don't I tell am. the doctor that. Bob, if you take <laughs> me to the hospital, don't tell the doctor that. And don't you listeners steal our organs. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a free ride on my <laughs> organs. Okay, so then the phone rings, Homer 
is informed that he uh, he's found a donor. Like the, that phone call happens the second people start walking towards Snake's body. Yeah. Too. I like that. They don't have a lot of time to kill in these uh, <laughs> in these like seven minute acts. And Homer's reaction: you think that he's getting a kidney or a lung or something, but uh, it's just hair. Demoxanel still exists. Can't he afford that yet? That's a um, that's a hanging thread in that episode. It's like it's still there. <laughs> Anytime they get money, he can get it again, and get all of his hair back. But we have to forget that it exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess by going to Doctor Nick for the hair transplant, that yeah. would imply that he doesn't have much money. That's uh, true. Yeah, that's true. He went to a doctor orb. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is Doctor Nick's first appearance in a Scully led episode. Yeah, I thought it had been a while. I mean, in airing season nine, he is in Lisa the Simpson as uh, who pronounced his appearances when he tells everybody Jasper isn't dead. His heart's just beating slowly. And in this one, he's uh, back to like really bad doctor. This is the worst he's been in a while, too. I love that he punches Homer, he injects himself with drugs, and then grabs a pizza cutter. It's just so great. It, pizza yeah. cutter's nice. It reminds yeah. me of the Frankenstein parody. Oh, yeah. But there yeah. Was, it was not a pizza cutter. They were eating pizza, they, but they didn't yeah. use a pizza yeah. cutter to open Yeah, they his used head. a circular saw. Yeah. Kind, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was the biggest wince from me watching when he takes out the pizza yeah, cutter just starts uh, going on oh god because he pulls it out of an empty pizza box just a gross it's all disgusting scully years are gross years <laughs> oh you know also though that frankenstein one i think burns uses an ice cream scoop to get it uh, out okay. yes he does yeah so that's, uh, that's kind of the that's general area similar to so i could see getting it mixed up i think i remembered it as a pizza cutter too in the old one yeah i just yeah. checked while we were talking and it isn't uh but yes homer gets uh some new hair and that's when we get to me there's sexy new daddy. Oh, yeah. Wow. If your fly weren't open, you look just like Roger Moore. Mm-hmm. Well, it sort of reminds me of like the Samson and Delilah haircut or one of his. He gets like 17 hair stylings in that. Though also the part really reminds me of Family Guy, which is like three months away. It looks oh, yeah. a little like Peter Griffin, uh, though I, I doubt intentionally. Yeah, he looks like, he can he looks a little like, like Unky Herb, too. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. I like it's still a little wild. It's still Snake's hair, especially mm. when he turns into Snake, the hair transforms, too. Like, so yeah. Almost looks like sort of devil horns with a cow leg. <laughs> Yeah, there's briefly, yeah, I, I paused it, like, as his hair morphs at least one time, it it, kind of, it feels like a little in-joke from the animators of a little pair of horns as it, it resettles. But it's also a weird drawing that, like, when they're saying, if your fly wasn't down, they're all looking at his crotch area at his down fly instead of his hair. Uh, it's such a oh, weird you're right. drawing. <laughs> so back to the drawing, they are looking at his fly. Yeah, it's, well, it's strange. Yeah, and he doesn't do anything to correct it. He just continues to stand there with his yeah. fly down, presenting yeah. himself. <laughs> with his arms at his side, like, well, I'm like, yeah. it sure is. I mean, he's so proud of looking like Roger Moore. He's like, well, if, what if I zipped up my fly? I might look less like Roger Moore. Homer goes to bed, and then the hair transforms into Snake's pompadour. I like it going into his brain through yeah. his skull. Oh, yeah. It's really, it looks really painful when he tears it off at the well, end. Yeah, well, mm. when he tears it off, that shows that he has a second scalp. They kept the, uh, his original scalp. Yeah. I don't know. It seeps through 
the Homer scalp and then into the brain. He should have an exposed skull under yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I guess it was a skin graft and he only ripped the hair out, not the skin, I suppose. It's really subtle, but like Homer's facial expression does change when he becomes Snake. Like they give oh, really? him more of the scrunched up uh, eyes and, and like stuff. the wiggly mouth. Yeah, yeah. Snake first approaches, or Homer approaches Apu and Apu, I love how sassy he is. Like he's, he thinks he's in like a Friends type show. Like, ooh, I love you and your sexy new do then he doesn't realize that homer's voice sounds different and that's weird at all i like how the murders he commits are in the first person it's like a horror movie yeah, yeah. like a poo one is really good i really like that one a lot how like she like pushes him back into yeah. the squishy machine uh and a great just wavy mouth on a poo's no so good yeah i i mean it really puts you in like the horror of seeing homer do such a thing to a beloved character like a poo Ooh la la simpson <laughs> What can I do for you and your new do? You sent me to the chair. <gasps> Snake? But you're dead. I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> no, no, no! <laughs> and the fluffy kitten played with that ball of string all through the night. <laughs> On a lighter note, a quickie mark clerk was brutally murdered last <laughs> night. <gasps> oh, I can't believe it. It's horrible. Who will run the quickie mart? <sighs> yeah. I'm afraid we have no leads, but I can safely say Apu did not suffer. Looks to me like he suffered a lot, Chief. Oh, geez, Lou. How long are we going to let me keep drinking this thing? such a thing. Marge is always worried about who's going to run yeah. Quickie Marts. I love that they brought that line yeah. back. Yeah, it, That's even more cruel than any other time she did it. Like, Apu is their friend. <laughs> he got married in their backyard. <laughs> and yet, Marge's first reaction to his murder is like, well, who's going to run it now? Yeah. Like, is the Quickie Mart going to be closed? <laughs> how, does uh, this, how does this inconvenience me? Yeah. And he's got a cool, like, killer back from the dead uh, catchline or catchphrase. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, it's it's a lot like idle hands or a number of things. Uh, but also, yeah, that Wiggum drinks that thing for so long. That's just, it, it lasts such yeah. a long time. And the way he somehow didn't see Apu sticking out of the yeah. Quickie. Uh, <laughs> sl- yeah, it's brutal. Two, two legs sticking out. Yeah, covered in blue goo that's stripping he still couldn't see it on the squishy machine oh well, yeah i'm wondering where the purple squishy is oh well, yeah it wasn't one of the things the, was it the, well there was two there was like a, mm. i think a blue and a purple yeah but but only the blue got everywhere <laughs> the, the purple guess, was safe i guess he got shoved into just the blue compartment and the, the purple was not breathed <laughs> you're right this has to move really fast this one how homer has to quickly kill the next guy though it is shocking when he lights up as lisa is going like who could be doing this yeah like, the family should be like why are you smoking, Homer? That's weird. <laughs> we then get to see filthy old bartender Mo. Ah, morning, Homer. Ah, oh, you're looking unusually focused this morning. <laughs> Shut your squeal hole, booze jockey. I'm gonna, like, totally waste you. Ah, somebody's a grumpy Gus. What? Yoink. Ah, for crying out loud. God. Another of Springfield's beloved citizens was murdered today. Filthy old bartender Mo Sislak has watered down his last eyeball. Oh my god, everyone Snake swore revenge on his being murdered. It's almost as if he's killing from beyond the grave. I told you capital punishment isn't a deterrent. Don't you get it? He swore he'd kill me too. I'm next! 
Don't worry. I'll protect you. Little dude. It's a very oh. clean heart rip. Oh, yeah. It's like cleaner than a Sub-Zero heart rip, I think. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you guys think about the, the snake voice coming out of Homer? I never really uh, warmed up to it. I think uh, they change enough of how he acts and, like, his appearance to make it work. I, I, I expected it to be kind of alienating to me, but it, it still works. Mm. I don't know why. I, I think they still remember body language that, that he moves around so much like Snake. There's, there's a couple bits. Um, when he's on the bed looking down at Bart, I do it did feel a little weird to me there i'm like oh i i'm taken out of it how uh how he sounds out of homer's body yeah i liked him saying yoink when mm-hmm. he kills yeah Mo. and mo was just mildly uh mildly inconvenienced by getting his heart ripped out yeah. <laughs> it was a clean pull yeah, yeah it's, it's a good callback to the food for people with syphilis joke too because yeah. mo is yeah. eating penicillos <laughs> uh, that was uh penicillos alone is it's a good joke but when it's a callback it makes it a better joke yeah i like to that it shows you that people like Apu more than Mo because <laughs> when they kill off Mo, they're like, no, all on screen, no one's care. Like Evan yeah. flopped down disgustingly in his bowl of cereal. <laughs> Apu, you got to do off screen. It's it's uh, you like him too much. Uh, this file photo, I love a file photo gag. That's one yeah. of the best ones. <laughs> yeah, he's getting out of like a 1930s outhouse. With his- <laughs> With his pants still halfway down. And he sees the camera. He's like, what? Like, you can tell he's <laughs> shocked he's being photographed. Which who is to taking that photo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I also like that Kent doesn't care about any of these murders. He's just like, you know, water down his last highball. <laughs> Homer helps close up Bart in his room. And that's when he finds out there's no way to get in or out. And it takes Bart a long time to realize Homer's <laughs> trying to kill him and who is doing it. But I guess... You know, ghosts aren't real in this universe, so that wouldn't be your first thought that he's Snake. As he's just, he's going to really mess up Bart 2 with that sledgehammer. It's, <laughs> it's harsh. Uh, that's another of my favorite gags. It's such a cheat, but the, um, the, my school picture. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the close-up of Bart screaming to smash the picture. Yeah, and then you found out that Bart's school picture was him in scream pose. Yeah, <laughs> mid-scream. But he's kind of proud of it. He's yeah, like, he's, oh, my school picture. Well, he framed it and put it in his own room. <laughs> yeah, that's... But <laughs> when I first watched this as a teen thought I was going to have a real, like, uh, somebody get fired for that blunder moment because I was thinking, watching it, like, Bart went from his green pajamas to his orange shirt. Guess they messed up, but mm. that's part oh. of the gag. Oh. He's wearing his orange shirt at school for his picture. I didn't know the shirt was different. Wow. Yeah, okay, they, wow. they made sure to change it, but it in my very first viewing, my snap reaction was, they messed up. They miscolored his shirt for this <laughs> show. Wow, you noticed... Immediately, I I swear I did. Whoa. Yes. I'm not bragging. I'm just uh, I'm not a, I'm not a hero. <laughs> I just know you're not Superman. Yeah, I'm not Superman. Uh, but yes, as they all charge into the room, everybody has figured it out. My school picture. Daddy would like a word with you, Barty. <laughs> It's hammer time, Snitchy. That's Snake's voice. Of course, the transplant. Somehow, Snake's hair must be controlled. Oh, please, Lisa, everyone's already figured that out. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to fight the hair, Dad. But I look so youthful and hunky. The kid's gotta die. But I love my son. More than a lush head of hair? (laughs) Don't make me choose! <laughs> no! 
I love the uh, the lighting changes when he goes back and forth between arguing with the uh, the snake in his head. Mm-hmm. It's really great. It's really uh, yeah. it, like very technically well done. And another great uh, shot, like art wise, was the from the ceiling perspective where you see the whole room they're yeah. living in. It it really I think it adds to the tension more of the scene because you realize how cramped Bart's bedroom is. Yeah, it's really claustrophobic. Yeah. 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 So when I was watching this, uh, does Maggie always wear a night a white nightgown? Hmm. Actually, she's I think sleeping? this is a rare. Yeah, I think normally she's just in her blue uh, sweepy outfit. Normally, I think it's I think it could be a mistake. Honestly, well, I don't know. I mean, it's multiple shots, so hmm. I don't know if it's a mistake i think it was just like they're in their bedtime clothes and i think maybe a couple times i've seen her in a different colored one uh than her blue one but it it usually she's in her crib in her normal blue outfit she's always wearing pajamas but yeah it is a white uh white outfit this time yeah it's uh, it is an odd uh it's slightly distracting i guess it resoundingly doesn't matter (laughs) yeah but i but yeah everybody is in their night clothes for this sequence that also is actually it's even weirder that homer is doing this not out in his snake costume that he's in all the rest of the episode but in his classic blue pajamas too but he rips off his hair he rejects snake and you think it's all over but the toupee is still alive and it jumps on bart's face and uh it's so funny but i can't believe they got away with homer punching bart in the face Uh, like three times but this is like uh, this is scully era here with the Mm. the walking toupee running yeah and the punching (laughs) in the face and everything yeah just an excuse to like punch bart in the face (laughs) that was my biggest laugh of the episode. It was probably. for me, too, I think. By punching Bart in the face, he thinks he's saving Bart, yeah. too. <laughs> well, so there's a turn there, because so Homer doesn't punch Bart when he's mad at Bart. So he thinks he's protecting Bart by punching him in the face. <laughs> and then when Bart insults him, he goes to choking him. Yeah. he'll never punch him in anger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, it's that a poor distinction. It's true, yes, yeah. yeah. Coming in to save the day is Chief Wiggum. Uh, there's no explanation of how he figured out it was Homer that was killing these people, but oh. let's say they, just, they figured it out. Yeah, let's say Moe's body <laughs> led them to the place. You're under arrest for the murders of Moe Sislak and Apuna Asapasa... I just mow. Just mow. <laughs> it wasn't me. It was the hair. Freeze, hairball. Now that's what I call a bad hair day. Let <laughs> <laughs> me remind you that two people are dead. Oh, wait, I just got it. Marge got two really good lines in that last scene. Yeah. You know, they spend so much time dunking on Marge in these seasons, but I like that she finally gets to like dunk on Lisa like that she gets to tell Lisa like everybody's figured it out Lisa like for once Marge is the more like self-aware than than Lisa is Marge innocently did not get the the very obvious joke of like bad hair day which even by 98 a bad hair day joke was old 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 maybe that's why it wasn't because I when watching it thought it was would be more in character for Lisa to scold everybody but it was probably because of that 
tag of, oh, wait, I just got it, that mm. they were like, well, that shouldn't be Lisa. She would be smart enough to get it. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's, a, that's a, I think, a good reason to do it. Yeah, I agree. They shoot the toupee so many times, too. <laughs> I love that. It, uh, it's one of those ones where it's like five seconds longer than you expect it to be. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And Maggie gets to keep the bloodied scalp <laughs> as, a, as a stuffed animal or something? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> it immediately softens this uh, incredibly mm. murderous uh, section of the episode, yeah. You know, how do you how do you stop a, a sentient piece of hair? And it's like you have to shoot it, but a, like a lot of times. <laughs> it has no organs, but somehow it does respond to pain. Like, yeah, the 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 two patients just stayed on Bart's head because they weren't gonna shoot Bart in the face, <laughs> right? Or would they? Hmm. Yeah, it could have seeped into his brain that way. Yeah, just take Bart back over. Uh but so that that was the first segment. Then we go to a commercial break, come back, it's time for the Terror of Tiny Tune. Do we know the reference? Uh, only from uh, the uh, Google. I've never heard okay, of Okay, I haven't so. either. It's uh, the only musical Western with an all-little-person cast. It's called like, The Terror of Tiny Town. Wow. Oh, What wow. was your reference I just knew you it as a title. I didn't oh, okay. know it as I, what yeah. I thought was. Yeah, like I, I, I thought of Tiny Tune Adventures. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, calling it Tiny Tune, probably not great. Not a great idea. No, yeah, I, but wow, it's so it's all about it's an all little person film uh, that's a western man I'm sure it's very respectful to them <laughs> uh, because it was made in 1938 so I'm sure <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. very, you can watch today nothing's offensive about it at all <laughs> it really holds up yeah it definitely <laughs> sounds like the type of uh, bad B movie that Simpsons writers would hate watch together it does feel like a, a reference they'd all have uh, but this one's written speaking of writers by Larry Doyle uh, mm-hmm. who I the, the only reason I bring that up is because he's the writer of Looney Tunes back in action so he did oh. a lot of like this is his skill of uh. the real world intersecting with cartoons oh yeah so he's kind of a ringer I wonder if this got him the job of like, see, this guy can write animated characters interacting with real people. He also worked on a bunch of, as we learned uh, from our Daffy Duck podcast, that Larry Doyle oversaw a bunch of Looney Tunes cartoons that did not come out. Most of them didn't. And uh, apparently they were not very good and kind of mean-spirited. But uh, (laughs) there you have it. I guess the failure back in action is why those shorts were never finished Mm -hmm. or fully released. I think they eventually, whatever ones they finished were put out on the um, the Blu-ray, or sorry, the DVD collections of the Warner Brothers shorts. Oh, yeah. Oh, in yeah. the late 2000s. Hey, hey! Tonight I'm going to suck! <laughs> Your blood! Okay, get ready for the violentest, disemboweling vomit-inducingest, itchy and scratchy Halloween special ever! Hey! What the- Sorry, but if I let you watch one of these gruesome Halloween cartoons, I'd be a pretty lousy mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why don't you kids come trick-or-treating with Maggie and me? Nah, it's too early. I need to work under cover of darkness. Hmm. Oh, Homer, you're not going as a hobo again. Going where? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're leaving. And remember, no itchy and scratchy. Hmm. You better take these batteries just to be sure. (gasps) Mm -hmm. Mama took those batteries. She took them away. Mama took those batteries. Size double A. Marge is assuming the role she had in the first three specials where she would come out and say, this is too violent for children. (laughs) Please tuck your children in. Do not watch this. So she's sort of redoing that here with the uh, uh, Krusty special. Yeah, it's a fun kind of callback. I I like that a lot. Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of like a... 
I don't know the, this like thing where I think they're trying to make the parents at home feel guilty right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't think that I don't think they want anyone to to keep their kids away. It's too late. But they've already survived one act at this yeah. point. Yes, yeah. But they're like, oh, now now we're judging you. <laughs> if you if you stuck around after the commercial break, you are a bad parent officially. <laughs> the kids didn't realize you just go find the flashlight and or well, find the other remote and take the batteries out of that. Well, I mean, their their TV has knobs on yeah, it. Yeah. Wait a minute. They could yeah. just they could turn it on manually. You are correct. Uh, I, I noticed in, in that one in that sequence, there's a bunch of jokes kind of on top of each other that that make me think of the Scully years, and that the characters just are whatever they need to be for that joke right now. Crusty mm-hmm. uh, is reading right at the start. Uh, yes, uh, yeah. There's a door on the kitchen, and uh, <laughs> that door it is not normally there. Yeah, but Crusty uh, was not reading very well. That's true, yeah. yeah. I, I remember that door in uh, Lisa, uh, the vegetarian episode, because Bart was like, cartoons don't have morals, they're just things. Like, people getting hurt and stuff, and then Homer... Oh, and Homer throws the door yes. open. Yeah. So I think there is some... That's the only time I can think uh, there was ever a door there. If there's, a, like, a door swinging joke, I think, like, Marge walks in and out of the kitchen at some point, and, yeah. like, the door swings and the kitchen's dirty again or something like that. Oh, yeah, Like, yeah. in some episode, yeah. So for... It's the magic joke door. Yeah. <laughs> they should be terrified when they see that door there. <laughs> Like a joke's coming. Someone's oh, no. gonna get hurt. As a pacing of the gag, that song ending with a slam of a door is so funny. It makes it, uh, the song t- twice as funny. Yeah, yeah. And that I also the tonight I'm going to suck. Love Good that. Word. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Homer, uh, great like sounds from Dan Castellaneta as he is uh, hobo eating style beans. eating beans yeah. out of a can. Yeah. <laughs> Covered in filthy like clothes. Uh, he Homer has rarely looked worse. Than yeah. Him. Yeah. The top of his shoe has come unstitched <laughs> and Bart his eggs four of the six are going to people in the house he's in <laughs> oh yeah why even leave the house with the eggs then you know he needs to think big with this egg plan <laughs> Half of them are dad. It's three for dad, one for Lisa, one for Flanders, one for Skinner. Yeah, yeah trick or treating used to be important to the kids, but again, it's mm. just sort of, eh, it's Halloween. This is what we need. Well, meanwhile, Maggie seems really excited for this uh, trick or treating, which I've never seen a one year old alone be taken around trick or treating. Yeah, like just carrying your baby from house to house. <laughs> yes, <laughs> give this child candy, please. She can't eat it yet, but please. <laughs> she will choke to death, but <laughs> give him now. Like, we'll, put, we'll put it in the freezer. <laughs> this Twix will be good for four years, for sure. I mean, uh, I would think Marge is just, well, Homer's going to eat that candy. What am I saying? The the candy goes to Homer. Uh, But so they leave, but Bart has a brand new plan. He's not going to just replace him with regular batteries. He's going to put plutonium into the remote. And uh, actually, this whole sequence is reminiscent of the first Bongo Comics crossover. I don't know if you guys were Bongo Comics readers. No, I wasn't. Uh, So in the first year, they had um, four regular books, one that was a miniseries, but, but... actually lasted longer than the Itchy and Scratchy comic. So uh-huh. they had Simpsons, Itchy and Scratchy, which ended in two issues, uh, Bartman comics. Yeah, I read that. And Radioactive Man. And after their first year, which was around when four issues came out of each, it ended with a giant crossover in three oh, parts. That was when Bongos Collide? That is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And... It starts with, uh, you find out later it's Kang and Kodos, but a mysterious energy frees Itchy and Scratchy from their TV while Bart and Lisa are watching it. And it's mm. then they go around the town, and around the same time, that same energy makes everybody superheroes in town, too. And then Bart is able to use the remote also to bring out 
Radioactive Man as well from the comic book page. I might have had one of those. I remember like uh, a, an itchy and scratchy comic or something that came with like a little decoder thing. Yeah. Every time there was static on a screen. Yeah, you, oh, whoa. It was magical. Yeah, it came with a decoder. And if you lost that decoder, then you were going to miss gags. But yeah, the in, in the reprints of it, they didn't do the whole uh, screen thing. But you can see that still like Matt Groening loved little uh, tchotchkes you'd add on like physical things like that. Like how all the the first run of Simpsons trading cards under Bongo came with temporary tattoos as well. Like he, he loved having little, little extra gifts for kids like that. Huh. And, uh, but yeah, this is, it's, it's, it's a similar start to when Bongos collide though. Every, in that story, every person in Springfield becomes a 90s-style superhero, and uh, it's pretty funny. Like, uh, my favorite gag I remember that is that the senior citizens become not young blood, but oh. old blood. <laughs> uh, but they are still dressed in the crazy young blood costumes as well. Uh, but yeah, so when Bart puts the plutonium in there, he says what I forgot is kind of a runner at this time, too. Like, don't you hate always being wrong? Like, they already said that to Marge, like, uh, last oh, season. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Bart and Lisa turn on the TV. They're able to watch it and Scratchy, but they're then pulled into the television. Hey, Lace, we're characters in a cartoon. How humiliating. <gasps> When I was first watching this, the brief uh, Bart's head bleeding was kind of shocking to me. Yeah. Yeah. They can only make it bleed so much, but seeing that trickle of blood in the middle of his head, it is is more shocking than him painting with blood at the beginning or whatever. The way they they play it is real. It actually reminds me of uh, the level in Bart's nightmare yeah where oh, you're, you're just God. in an itchy and scratchy cartoon they just are running back and forth on the screen over oh, and over and over again sucks yeah so i mean they're all bad i think it is the best level in that you know the bartman one is the best one, but oh, yeah. it's yeah. uh below that <laughs> yeah i i always feel weird when there's like extended itchy and scratchy talking it's i've never warmed up to yeah. it. it like i i just want them to giggle and scream mostly is it? Yeah, I think in the original ones, they stuck more to like the Tom and Jerry rules of like Tom and Jerry don't talk, Itchy and Scratchy don't talk. But now it's more like late Tom and Jerry, where it's like, no, Tom and Jerry do talk. I think it's yeah. more they're talking because uh, Bart and Lisa interrupted their cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, too, that Itchy seems to take no pride in what he does to Scratchy. He's just like, well, look, it had to happen. But <laughs> these people are bad. They're laughing at you. And yeah. I, I do love, too, that when the blood splatters on them, Bart and Lisa are just laughing like, ah. <laughs> they're they're as as we've seen many times. They're fully desensitized to itchy and scratchy. Well, they're in a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, well, and that sometimes physical danger actually does hurt them, but other times they do their eye bug out thing, but it doesn't literally rip the eyes out of their yeah. head. Yeah, and Bart gets all of his flesh consumed at the yeah. end. So, so I think it, it then it doesn't follow like Freddy Krueger rules yeah. or whatever. It is like you're in this world, but Scratchy dies all the time in this world, so they can be killed, but in cartoon logic style. Yeah, I mean, I guess in theory they still feel pain because Scratchy ha- has pain acknowledged. They're yes. laughing at your pain, 
but then you know, Bart, eh, this is not that much, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and so they run out of the house. That's when Homer uh, sits down and is watching it. And I love his, uh, Howard Barton, Lisa going to get out of this one. <laughs> I like the, it's a very Simpsons thing, the cannon that shoots not only uh, cannonballs, but dynamite and guns. Yeah, they well, like putting a machine gun into a cannon that will shoot at them. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like when I watched the first time, I was going like, how did the hilt of that axe go into the wall? But then when I watched again, it actually it, it kind of comes to a point at the ah. end. So, so it was uh, designed as kind of an old medieval axe that like kind of arcs. And, oh, OK. Yeah, it's not like a classic like fire axe or yeah. a flat one. So I was impressed that they 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 used the correct axe to motivate it sticking into the wall. They didn't <laughs> cheat it. And uh, then they get in a cop car that they think is safe, but they see the sign to protect and sever instead of serve. A, a cute little sign gag. Uh, though it, I guess it gets less cute when Lisa says it out loud. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but they the just shows ex- for children. They can't read. <laughs> and uh, then... It's a good thing this is not canonical, this episode, uh, because otherwise Krusty would be sued for breaking his legally binding promise <laughs> that Poochie would never return oh, right. to Wait, Scratchy. Yeah, yeah. So Poochie did not die on the way back to his planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, he doesn't die here. They had ample opportunity to kill Poochie <laughs> once and for all. Yeah, I thought they did kill him. I mean, he's maimed horribly, but not mm-hmm. dead. Yeah. He's not I'm, dismembered or anything like that. I mean, he do- it doesn't look like it's nice to be Poochie. Like it certainly hurts, but it's also funny that Homer's watching it and he should be like, oh, my character's in the show here. That's fun. Uh, but I think by this point they realize like people like Poochie, like some, he's actually a fun character. He's not the bad character you never want to see again that they had designed him to be, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want to see Roy. Uh, yeah, Roy, I don't I see think Roy get murdered on screen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, there's a great little gag of Itchy cutting off the arms of Scratchy, and he's like, that happens, and he just is driving with his mouth without even caring. It's all it's yeah. all a job for them. And then Bart, I kind of wish they did a little more of Bart you, knowing cartoon logic to get away with stuff. Yeah, like, well, yeah. this whole segment felt too short to me. Mm-hmm. It is very short, and it's mostly just like uh, stage directions, which is why there's not a lot of clips for it. I was like, when I was yeah. watching, I was like, but there, there's not a lot to clip here. No one's <laughs> yeah. talking, just screaming and sound effects. Yeah, so I, you can tell that the people involved were pretty excited to make a bunch of cartoon gags, but they could have they could have gone another five minutes with yeah. this. Well, and they had to also cut around jokes to make room for a celebrity cameo yeah. too. Like, which has, has a cameo like this ever occurred on the show before this point? Like a live action appearance of something? Yeah. You know? In one of the Halloween uh, specials, there was that live action footage of a cowboy movie. Oh, yes. But it was not like original footage that they shot. And actually, I guess the one original... Homer Cube. Yeah, Homer Cube, the Rata Cake store. Okay, yeah. 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 But in both those cases, it was cut off from Simpsons World. Like, one involved full trans-dimensional travel, and the other is an out-of-canon scene of March telling people to change the channel, so it is the person changing the channel to watch their people TV. Uh But now in this world, it's established that in this dimension, at least Homer watching things can change a channel to see live action Regis and and Kathy Lee. I I didn't understand why not just do it like they've done every cameo and get Regis and Kathy Lee to do some voices. Simpsonized. Yeah. It is a fun magic trick. I don't get why it's these two, but uh, it's... Well, they'll do anything. It's still fun (laughs) to watch. I think it was also happening at a time when like South Park was being really mean to her Mm. and they're just sort of having fun. It's 
not this is not made to make fun of them. It's something people really like recognize, and they're just having a little fun with it. But it's not like let's make fun of these two, mm-hmm. you know. So I had never, um, you know, I didn't really watch Regis and Kathy Lee. I knew it no. as a reference, but like, I mean, you know, during the summers, if I had if I was free in the daytime to watch things, ma, I just felt like the mom interview show. It just did yeah. not feel for me as a as a teen. My mother watched it daily. Wow. My grandma watched it daily. Oh. Yeah, uh, my parents like flew down to Florida when they were doing a week of shows in Florida. Really? And they, like, attended the taping and stuff. Wow. Yeah, which was weird because my family's in New Jersey. They could have gone to New it's, York yeah, anytime. right across the bridge. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Weird thing about this cameo, I mean, Regis and Kathy Lee kill it, I think. I, mm-hmm. I think that they're very funny and it's one shot. There's nowhere for them to cut around timing. They have very good timing. They're very fast. A weird thing for me is this is the only thing Homer flips to mm-hmm. and then he flips back. Like... I was like, okay, this is the fun of this segment, right? Yeah. That he's going to be flipping around to all different types of TV shows. I never thought of that. This could have been a longer segment where they get to play around in different realities, but like, they only go to one. You're right. Yeah. yeah. They must have. They must have had a script or something that had more. It just feels yeah. weird to go one and back. Yeah. It's been, yeah. A channel flipping gag in a show like this is an invitation to do like three jokes minimum of, of parodies like that but instead it's just it's just the one I I do like to right before they they flip to Regis and Kathy that it's like it's not just bear traps but they electrify the bear traps like that's <laughs> such a great hat on a hat there isn't Kathy Lee on that like uh, drunk wine mom show yes. uh, with yeah, Ho- it, Hoda yeah on the yeah, Today Show Hoda, yeah, yeah the it's like they are hour. <laughs> speaking of uh, plaster people on TV it's like 11am and they're just sipping away yeah. my, my mother watches the hell out of that too yeah no, my mom my does mom too. My yeah. mom, she'll call me and go did you see Kathy Lee and Hoda this week I go no the answer is never yes mom <laughs> oh uh, Regis still alive yes 87 it, oh yes actually why, before we play his clip let's play the anti-death jingle <laughs> to protect Regis <laughs> I ain't dead yet. So also, this was like right after Kathy Lee Gifford's husband, Frank Gifford, cheated on her. Mm-hmm. And I think she was trying to restore her public image. Like, no, I'm cool. Like, I'm not just the cheated on wife. I'm a cool person on well, The Simpsons. She doesn't have to restore her image for well, being cheated upon. Well, I mean, the world looked upon. down on her for The it, world though. looked down on her for sure. I mean, she did not She did not cheat, but it's just yeah. like, well, of course, Frank cheated on her. She's a bitch. That was like the reaction to it. <laughs> then the tabloids. Yeah. He's good at football. Yeah. Well, I mean, every, everybody hated her. That's why she really was a target on South Park. Well, I mean, growing up with my mother watching that show all the time, she would just constantly talk about like her little kid Cody. And that was like one of the things. Cody said the cutest thing today. You know, like that was like a critic joke or something. Yeah, you would see jokes about talking about your little kids on uh, TV shows. They were pretty, people were pretty sick of hearing about Cody, which I guess he's probably like 40 now. (laughs) Yeah, the South Park that uh, had her on, I was like, Mr. Garrison was going to assassinate her. Yep, she was going to die because she, well, they also had a joke about her real name being Kathy Lee Epstein and it felt like they were like shaming her for changing her name. It was really for taking her husband's name. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the very famous football player. Yeah. yeah. I think her last name is actually Johnson. The, oh, wait, it was Epstein. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. She married some guy named Johnson. My bad. Okay. Well, because I also remember that from uh, Jiminy Glick interview with her where he asked about it too. Like, uh, why did you change your name? <laughs> she's like, well, people hate Jews a lot. She oh, pretty geez. much responded. Oh, my God. So she said she was 
doing it just to help her. She, oh. Not exactly help her career, but definitely she was like anti-Semitism. That's why. Like she just straight out said it. That's that's. Wait, so it. is she Jewish? She seems the most waspy white woman. She, she does, right? Well, I mean that name though. Even if uh, if you want to be a beauty queen, that's going to turn pe- anti-Semitic people uh, who I would assume are beauty queen judges they're turned off just seeing that name they're just like oh how dare she have that name? <laughs> when she left the show it, it uh regis and kathy lee in, in 2000 it's crazy to think that like i don't think anybody remembers her doing that you know like kelly ripa just so took it over and most people viewed her as more likable than kathy lee yeah, did. yeah. she didn't get the blowback that kathy lee did she mm-hmm. was on like on snl she like hosted snl too yeah oh, kelly ripa makes fun of herself even more uh often and and is very she's a better I think comedy actor than Kathy yeah. Lee is in her many guest appearances. Although again, Kathy Lee did a good job. She in, did. Like, I have no complaints here. about the yeah. job they did. I just thought it was a bizarre segment to have yeah. on the show. And that because they film in New York, it meant they had to fly out to like oh, crap. had to go across the country to yeah, do it too. That's right. Which like there's lots of morning shows they could film with in LA, but they, <laughs> they went to New York for it. I mean maybe they wanted a trip to New York. Maybe that's why the show did it. I've done that. Uh, <laughs> uh, that Twitch preview event was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe again, like maybe it was like a little late thing that they it would be difficult to animate, or maybe may, maybe having animated Regis and Kathy Lee would not hit the cartoon mm-hmm. clashing with non-cartoon show right. Yeah, I guess that. Yeah, that does that does fit more. Yeah. Boring. I'm telling you, this cilantro really gives it a zing. Reach, there's no cilantro in it. What? Oh, God! And I love this soup is out of control. Oh, my, my eyes, my beautiful eyes. Oh, that's it. I'm going oh. home. Dom DeLuise can interview himself. Oh, Itchy's house. This is where we came in. Look! Dad, you gotta get us out of here. Use the remote. Huh? Oh, okay. Let's see. Five, three, no. I missed that one. Yeah, yeah. I think I missed that when I was watching it this morning. I heard Fifa, but until this clip, I was like, oh, yeah, he says three before that, which is like, why would three do anything either, Homer? Yeah, Regis Philbin still with us at 87. He left that show in 2011, but he still will appear in stuff. Like, he's not fully gone. Are we in the final answer time of his life? I think it's 99. Yeah, this is a little early. Because I think that would make him even more popular for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was the real boom in his, like, I mean, uh, you know, if you're our parents' age, everybody remembers him on the Joey Bishop show. Mm, of course. <laughs> uh, but then he was the Kathy Lee's co-host character, and then people knew him as the millionaire guy, and then people knew him as the old man who won't let Kelly Ripa speak. Oh. <laughs> uh, and, and also the Regis Philbin, according to Guinness Book of World Records, the man who spent the most time in front of a TV camera of any human ever. Oh, wow. Whoa. Yeah. Well, because he's been on TV since his early 20s. That's 60 years of basically always being on TV and filmed daily at the least once a day and in the millionaire era he had like yeah it was on five nights a week yeah so like basically four hours of him per day five days a week like and then to film all that that's just so much time I I mean maybe there's some newscasters like Larry King could be close yeah Yeah. I mean he's still on Hulu and I think he's as old as uh, Regis (laughs) oh that that show he's uh, well see Regis needed more jobs where he always is sitting now 
down. He has to stand up sometimes. But Larry they, King just sits. They had those big stools on Reese's Kathy Lee. Yeah. I think he needed more back support. <laughs> uh, and so Homer, yeah, switches back. They're back in Itchy and Scratchy's house. He almost sounds disappointed, too. Bart's like, this is where we started. Mm-hmm. I think I, the viewers are feeling the same way. Like, yeah. I want more fun adventures <laughs> with this premise. Uh, but Bart gets his uh, all of his skin bit off by a fire hose of piranhas. I like the fire hose full of piranhas. Yeah. And they're dressed like firemen, right? Yes. Oh, were they? Yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. The uh, itchy and scratchy were, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lisa finally tells Homer how to get them out. We have a happy ending. Yeah, using instruction on how to get get yeah. out um, <laughs> and how does she know she's never pressed that button to get out before <laughs> oh please too. lisa yeah. we all figure that out by now <laughs> Ooh, that is gonna hurt tomorrow dad push exit hey <laughs> lisa look out a skeleton <laughs> Look how cute they are. <laughs> Look at him go. You're beautiful. Oh, somebody's in love. That means you'll have to be neutered. So Bart can live for about 20 seconds without flesh or organs in the scene. <laughs> yeah. So what I was talking about with Lisa's like, push exit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what What button is exit? <laughs> well, maybe not then. Not certainly on their TV, but uh, TVs but then were getting like a menu button. Menu and exit, yeah. 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 But it's like, it's too advanced for me. Maybe it's like the cable box on their crappy TV. Well, so I, yeah. I looked into it and mm-hmm. I saw in the original version of the script, they enter and exit on a menu on the TV. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. You know, like they're fighting and it's toggling a menu. So they hit the enter button. Enter on menu. Oh, okay. That's also a good idea. And then, so I guess they recorded it that way and probably didn't want to take the extra seconds in animation and they went, this is stupid. They just go in. Yeah. The fact that there is an exit button and Homer presses it is enough. But uh, putting them in a menu uh, makes the scene, I guess, have more logic to it within this magic world. Because the remote, it's like a VCR remote. It has an eject button, which Mm. seems like if I'm picking one on the remote to use as the gag. In my notes, I wrote, uh, Homer needs to push eject. But then I was like, oh no, it's exit. That's what I was expecting was eject the whole time time yeah so exit it uh even in this listing of it i oh she says exit not eject like it just yeah the i felt logically eject had was supposed to be the one i, I did not expect the episode to end with like a zoom in on scratchy's crotch <laughs> but yeah. but finally all of the thick writers who have been writing their scratchy snowball, snowball two. two imaginings like now it's it's closer to canon than ever before they're a good couple it's it, weird to see scratchy like a cat that walks around on his hind legs talk to snowball just <laughs> regular cats. Yeah. And also it hits you that like, oh, Matt Groening draws cats the same way whether they're itchy or, mm-hmm. or whether they're scratchy or snowball. Yeah. Uh, cartoon or regular. They're both just a black cat with yellow eyes. Yeah, I appreciated when Marge walked in. She sees like a mutilated Bart and it's still his head. She's like, ah, a skeleton. That's the weirdest line that she says. Get yeah. away from that skeleton, Lisa. Well, so is that like... Something I, Homer would say. I mean, I, I think about how like there's, there's like an internet meme now of like you know too spooky for me because like 
like skeletons are associated with Halloween and they're supposed to be scary, but mm. they're not. And I was like, is that is that like an early version of that joke? Where it's like, well, a I skeleton. I think it's early <laughs> early skeleton humor. Yeah, I'm a fan of it. Yeah, they learn that they can press rewind to do it, which also that means they have a magic click style remote. Yeah. For, uh, still, that didn't get oh. busted. Well, I I appreciated they did not have to do a reset. Mm-hmm. To you know, to status quo. It's a it's a treehouse of horror. They could have just had the, you know they've ended plenty on situations like that where they go well. Guess I'm a skeleton boy now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It would have been similar to Homer with his donut head. We yeah. didn't need to save Bart. I guess you're right. <laughs> it could have ended with them smashing through the TV and they're like, oh no. But then they have to let you know they're like these these are tiny things. There's uh-huh. and, and when Scrat Itchy gets put in the mouse cage, he adapts to it instantly, like, well, better start running. Yeah. I did <laughs> notice you brought it up. This is all these are all stories about the family. And also in every story, the status quo is reestablished at the end. There's no like weird mm, ending or yeah, living yeah. with like a new status quo. Is that is that a scully thing? I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. they I think they were writing them too much like um we have to get back to the beginning mm-hmm. again. I I think they weren't thinking like we can leave we, we can have bart be dead or homer be a zombie or <laughs> mm-hmm. marge be a head in a jar they weren't thinking like that you know the last one had the whole crucible one in it from scully so maybe they felt like uh, that after doing that one they for some reason wanted to just have it be all modern day in the family yeah. but it's not that scully was like against it because he did do it the year before and they'll they'll it'll happen again in his seasons but yeah it never hit me that they're all the same they're all the same there we then get our third segment the last one written by futurama is David X. Cohen uh, Starship Poopers they get poop on the show again yeah, yeah. That's, that's a groaner yeah <laughs> these yeah. are I mean I think they normally are going for like the uh, Mad Magazine EC Comics one yeah. uh, Poopers is not as clever as uh, Hell to Pay <laughs> no yeah. and uh, my most damning of phrases I'm gonna say it's Rugrats oh, it's a Rugrats yeah. joke yeah really but I well I mean not literally oh, okay. Rugrats but we like are, oh. it means in the style of Rugrats uh, and being lesser for that and our way to get donuts the other morning yes. we walked by Klasky Chupo oh, yeah. uh, animators of the first three seasons and the shorts and yeah. uh, I don't know what's going on in that building but there's a picture of Ickes on the side of it yeah I don't even know if they're still in that yeah. building or if they are they in business if, they, if they're in business they're in the business of licensing characters because yeah. they still own all that crap they I mean they sold a Rugrats revival to Nickelodeon like yeah. it was in a press release and everything it didn't look like anybody was working on anything in there it's well, too no. small of a building to uh, uh, oh sorry yeah the Rugrats animation would happen at the Nick studio. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's just license. Yeah, I guess Nick's studio has grown quite a lot since Klasky Chupo uh, was working with them. Yeah. yeah. It is fun to see this just gray square covered in Rugrats characters on one side and Ariel monster characters on the other. And some weird Facebook show about a skateboarding zombie from the future. Yeah. On the front. This yeah. sounds like Homer's pitch from When You Dish Upon a Star. <laughs> but uh, their last attempt, I mean, their website is still up, but it's 1999 as hell. But there was something on the front of the building that had some name I never heard of. I Googled it and sent me to their webpage. It was their Facebook series from 2012 that is inaccessible today. So it's no longer online. (laughs) But it is about a skateboarding zombie from the future. (laughs) Or in the future, maybe. They bothered to mural on the side of their wall a web address. And that's not even around anymore. It's not. So Uh, sorry, Classic Chupa. That that really makes me think that building is empty (laughs) then if they haven't gotten rid of that. Well, It sounds like a a historic relic or something Mm. if nobody's painting over the murals. <laughs> it's interesting to see though. Oh, on their webpage, it has like it. First of all, the menu is Flash. It's a Flash menu. Oh, okay. So you have to enable Flash to uh, actually access it. And so the banner at the top says Ali Mongo, which is the skateboarding zombie, 
and there's a little like thing on Facebook next to it and it says like Klasky Chupo's new fictional character a skateboarding zombie on Facebook so there you have it <laughs> new fictional well, character new fictional character yes <laughs> it's not a real skateboarding zombie on Facebook it's important that uh, no existing zombies were involved in this at all but there's no there was no duck man on the building yeah I was upset by no. that I remember when I was in high school I emailed Klasky Chupo because at that time it was really hard to find the Simpsons shorts ah. uh, and I remember emailing them like do you sell these <laughs> and they were they actually responded to say no I eventually found them on eBay I think I paid $15 for a VHS cassette of all the shorts. We only have those shorts because of Comedy Central was able to license the Tracy Ullman show and get those reruns. I think they were the last people to get to license that show, I think. I wonder if by command of Matt Groening to James L. Brooks of like, nobody can syndicate this again. I don't want people to see these shorts. This is not important, but well, I believe Lifetime had them after Comedy Central. Oh, I remember okay. seeing them on Lifetime okay. and waiting well, for those shorts. Uh, but yeah, sorry. It's Starship Poopers here. Maggie is getting her first tooth, which is a uh, pointed like triangle sharp thing. I like Bart even says, what's wrong with Stinky? Like, for the first time ever, Bart has just called Maggie Stinky. (laughs) (laughs) That makes me think it's pretty rare to see a Bart-Maggie scene. They really don't interact all that much. She's a prop. It's rare she gets to do anything. Maggie is active in a way she never gets to be in a normal show in this one. Uh, So not only is she getting her first tooth, but she's also losing her baby legs. Here comes the flying saucer. What's wrong with Stinky? She's teething. Look, her very first baby tooth. Oh, yeah. Disgusting. Just lost my appetite. Me too. Wait, mine came back. (laughs) I know how to cheer you up. This little piggy went to Quickie Mart. This little piggy went nuts. This little piggy went surfing. And this little piggy went... (gasps) Look, Marge! Maggie lost her baby legs. <laughs> oh my god! I like the way he's daintily holding her legs. Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll scrapbook these. Homer knows so little about raising children <laughs> that when their legs pop off, like it's supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah. he's so happy about it. Uh, and then Maggie gets, you know, uh, space mutant style limbs growing out of her, and we get a nice like Bam Bam style joke. It's a Bam Bam joke. Up oh in yeah, this, uh, oh, yeah. On the ceiling this time. Well, I remember specifically that. That joke was what they showed in the preview for this episode. Where like she's entering the, she's definitely in the terrible twos as he's yeah. being swung. Like that was the thing. Uh, yeah, it's a reverse bam bam. But also, but they don't reverse take, bam bam. But they don't uh, take it easy on them and just repeat like the two positions. He kind of swings a bit around too. And there's some really good animation just in general on, on Maggie's slithering. Like she's she's really cool. They're just octopus style slithering about, and they take her to him. Tibber has only one suggestion for them. <laughs> it's probably nothing, but we just wanted to be sure. Ah, is there anything you can prescribe, Doctor? Fire, and lots of it. <laughs> oh, that's your cure for everything. Poor Maggie, if only you could tell us what's happening to you. 
And her sucking is how she communicates with her father. Yeah. yeah. It's good to get a Dr. Hibbert where he's not doing a good-natured chuckle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he understands the gravity of this. <laughs> the waves go out from the house, and they mention on the commentary, like, oh, or is it, does this look like they live in Louisiana then? Because... <laughs> it, it did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, from where the uh, waves emanate from. Well, on the I planet. remember, because I, uh, I was on alt.tv.simpsons back then. Mm, me too. And, like, like everybody noticed because there was like a whole we really thought that that there were messages we could detect and decode where is Springfield like we really genuinely (laughs) believed that that together we can crowdsource this and figure it out and so I remember that being like people were going like it looks like it's Somewhere north of the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, I'd given up on it by that point. I was like, no, there's no way. I think at that point I had read the FAQ that was posted on the uh, SNPP.com, like where is Springfield? And Mm. they had dropped so many clues in that there was too many contradictory clues. It was like, well, it's here, but it also isn't here because of this. Yeah, yeah. The Union Pacific runs through Springfield. And also (laughs) they're on the eastern seaboard. And And whatever, uh, if there's a K beginning with a radio station address, it means it's on this side of the Mississippi instead of that side of the Mississippi. So. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, and the the animators I think said they're like, well, no, we just centered the image, and because the circle, the effect is the circles come out from the center. They just chose to randomly to center the image for what they felt just looked best for it, and it just so happens that uh, Louisiana was right in the middle of it. They had to drive a long way to get to the uh, kind of Bayou style (laughs) episode, which. Well, they could just be Louisiana. bad drivers. I suppose That's Homer true. is. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's hard to hard to say that categorically. Uh, so then the uh, the messages land in outer space, and I do kind of wish this hadn't been spoiled for me. That I saw the commercials too. I I kind of would have preferred the shock of this moment of like what? Like this is a king? And <laughs> how do we yeah. feel about a holy flirking schnitz? <laughs> That's shocking. I yeah. can't believe they got that on TV. Yeah. I, I mean, I having written for TV, that is like a huge no-no where you can't curse and you can't put in a word that's a clear substitute for a curse. Yeah, they're just a few syllables off. Yeah, a it's, few vowel sounds off. It's still F and S together. Like, yeah. yeah. I you know, can't like, believe they got away with it. Like, that. I've tried writing in, what the fudge? And they go, no, that sounds too similar. And you could, mm. you could you know, break it off. And I mean, I'm writing for kids, so that's yes, another thing yeah. where, you know, then we have to put in something more like, what the what? You know, mm. not what the snap, because that's too close, you know, yeah. the sound. And, wow. Yeah, there's a whole negotiation that goes on. <laughs> Clearly on Fox late at night, well, yeah. at 8 p.m., they were not caring as <laughs> It's much. the filth hour. I feel like it's one of those ones, once they got it through, then the sense of like, wait, we messed up. You can't do that again. No more... Flirking Schnitt did not become Kang's uh, catchphrase at that point. <laughs> it's time I paid a visit to my daughter. <laughs> we'll return with how Dracula got his groove back. Hello. Oh, great. Mormons. Actually, we're quantum Presbyterians, and we've come to see my daughter. <laughs> Lord, I was hoping this day would never come. Huh? What are you talking about? You mean you never told him? (sighs) I guess I've been in denial. Homer, Kang is Maggie's father. (gasps) You intergalactic hussy! 
How could you? <laughs> Was he better than me? <laughs> I like that little comment. At the yeah. End. yeah. So one thing that made me laugh so much in this this justice viewing was I realized they do it twice. Yes. The, my daughter. Bump bump bump. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you're they right. expect the audience to be just as shocked <laughs> the second yeah. time. That felt like a real Futurama gag to me of just the repeating of a dramatic thing a second time and treating it as with the same Dutch camera angle and music sting. Well, I guess it's due to them, but not yes. us. Well, yeah. yeah, and also apparently, you know, Kang inflects my daughter with that uh, <laughs> with that tone no matter he what. He knows it's dramatic, yeah. Or, yeah, it's just the natural yeah. way he says, yeah. my daughter. Yeah. He was only talking to Kodos, and Kodos was there from the beginning. Kodos isn't shocked. <laughs> Yeah, this bit here, it's a, I mean, it's a parody of the, an alien made by, ba- my baby is an alien type thing, which was going around a lot back then. Same with the whole like uh, anal probing gags. Which, yeah. Uh, ooh, yeah. So that's some old tired stuff there. So tired that in the 96 Treehouse, they knew like, let's not do an anal probing joke, guys. Yes, let's please. <laughs> <laughs> a thornier topic in this is that. Marge is kind of impregnated against her will. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Makes this a little uncomfortable. Uh, she's more than when I was a kid. She's very good natured about it, though. Yeah. In a very Marge-like yeah. way, which I guess makes it darker. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, Actually, I'll, that's I'll take the alley. Darker. Yeah. 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 She gives up so quickly. Yeah. Which doesn't. Which doesn't make it better. Well, Marge also says she says like I tried to resist him, but he tricked me. When it's just like uh, I think even in my first viewing. I was at least slightly uncomfortable. Like, how far are they going with this gag yeah. here? That when he pulled out his little laser gun that impregnated her, I was like, oh, whew, that's how <laughs> they're doing it. Well, okay. I, I, I was wondering, too, because on the abduction, she says, like, and they came without warning. And then they go, warning, warning, you are about to be abducted. <laughs> Which I was like, is that saying that Marge's narration is not to be Unreliable. fully believed? <laughs> oh, hmm. Maybe. I think Marge is trying to say uh, they caught me off guard, but she's clearly lying yes. when she had lots of warning. I also like that right before that she says, I was having a wonderful time in the backyard, which is just hanging. Laundry. Uh, laundry. Yeah. <laughs> She's so boring. And then, yes, they, going on the commentary mentions that they tried to have a different way of abducting people each time. Like, the last time we saw Kang and Kodos, it was, it was uh, yeah, the UFO catcher. Yeah. 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 And, and this time a lasso. <laughs> So I, I looked up and I, I saw a, a lasso abduction had happened on Get a Life. Really? And so I'm wondering if this is like a Merkin joke or something. Mm. He was in the rewrite rooms then. So hmm, that's interesting. I had forgotten that on Get a Life. It is a funny way to get abducted. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been from their E.T. parody one, spewy? right? Yes, yeah, Spewy. Oh, Spewy. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Marge is inseminated, let's see. <laughs> Congratulations. You have been selected for our cross-breeding program. To put you at ease, we have recreated the most common spawning locations of your species. You may choose either the backseat of a Camaro... An airplane bathroom, a friend's wedding, <laughs> or the alley behind a porno theater. I absolutely refuse to go along with this. But since I have no choice, I'll take the alley. Initiate fertilization procedure. Ah. Oh, you look lovely this evening. Have you decreased in mass? I tried to resist, but they applied powerful mind confusion techniques. Look behind you. 
Insemination complete. Really? That seemed awfully quick. What are you implying? Nothing, uh, nothing. Whoa, wow, look at the time. I'd love to stay, but I have an early meeting tomorrow. You're a super girl, though. I'll call you sometime. I like how Kang turns into a just a dirt bag suddenly. Yes, Immediately yeah. after, I guess, coming, he's like, oh, look at the time. Yeah. I mean, shooting his laser. Yes. Yeah. With the locations, it's rare on The Simpsons to see a comedy list of four. Yeah. yeah. I think someone couldn't win a fight today. It was a, it was a rule of fours this time. Friend's Wedding would be my pick of those mm. four. Yeah. yeah, it's funny that Marge didn't choose that one. She wanted the porno theater. Yeah. I like, I like uh, they don't really discuss that choice. <laughs> Maybe, you know, Maybe because it was four, they're just like, well, if we're going to spend the whole thing in the alley, the the rule of three is the three before the alley. That, that Maybe oh, that counts okay. as its own hmm. separate rule of three joke. But no, you're right. Four things is uh, off pattern. There. <laughs> but they're all funny. Oh, yeah. yeah. It didn't bother me watching it. <laughs> <laughs> the The only one that feels slightly classy is the friend's wedding one. Like, uh, and, you know, you're all recreationally drunk. You're all thinking about love. Like, you're wearing a nice outfit. That's a... That's much better yeah. than who are you meeting in a porno theater that you're having uh, alley sex with? Yeah. Let's can't say be, Mo. Yeah. <laughs> Not Marge. She <laughs> wouldn't do that. Not Mo. Although the friend's wedding is like right in front of the cake. So, oh, yes. Yeah. So, so it implies in front of 200 people. <laughs> at right. the reception. At the reception. Yeah. It's a little trashier then, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the scene makes me a little more uncomfortable than it did when I was 16. Marge, yeah. Marge plays it with such like good humor and is fine with it or acts so fine with it. I think if she played it any differently, it would change the tone of it and it wouldn't be light tone. So yeah. I get why their their choice on that. They knew what they were doing. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, with the jokes they're doing there, they're doing way more sexual of jokes than they normally do on Simpsons. Like, mm -hmm. a, a joke about that was fast is, like, yeah. that would not be on a Simpsons normally, for well, sure. Well, they did the uh, whatever whatever child that he uh, made. It was, like, the joke was, like, 20 seconds later, and you see the Homer sperm Oh yes, by. Yeah. So they have done, like, premature ejaculation jokes before. <laughs> oh, that's uh -huh. right. Okay. Oh, wait, no. Maggie makes three. Okay, Maggie yeah, makes yeah. Three, yeah. Now that that truth is revealed... King is like, all right, we're taking Maggie. I love that he reveals that she's just going to have a clerical job. He didn't even impregnate Marge to have that kid take over the world or anything. It's just like, no, come back to the planet. Well, Earth, is just a, uh, Earth is an obscure T-shirt producing planet. They don't <laughs> yeah. want to take it over. Pretty worthless. They they yeah. wanted to take over Earth so yeah, they, they, two years ago. They come to Earth all the time. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't it's really. True. He shouldn't need a refresher on what Earth is. He could have visited Maggie before. So the fight is escalating, and there's only. Only one man who can fix this. Get your slimeless hands off her! People, people, space monsters, this is going nowhere. There's only one man who can settle an argument this bizarre. Okay, we're back. Homer, how did it feel to learn your baby was fathered by a drooling space octopus? It made me angry, Jerry. Angry and tired. Well, you're about to get a whole lot angrier because we have the extramarital, extraterrestrial backstage in a soundproof booth where he can't hear us. I hear all. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, meet Kang. Hey. Hyperbolic parabola. Oh, your mama. 
These jokes were very fresh oh, 20 yeah. years ago. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's a very specific moment in time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We well, were all captivated. Well, you know, it, it's weird. This whole Halloween special, like, they got a real talk show thing going mm-hmm. on. There's a talk show reference. Like, there's oh, the Ed McMahon. Yeah, yeah. And then the Regis and Kathy Lee. Wow, and Jerry right. Springer. It's all chat shows. <laughs> Holy shit. I didn't shit. think about that. Wow, yeah. Holy flirking schnitt. <laughs> so, yeah, were we all Springer viewers? Though? I, I didn't watch the show every day. I'd watch an actual full episode maybe a handful of times, but I was an avid Talk Soup viewer, oh, yeah. which had a ton of Springer yeah. clips. So I'm not saying I was above Springer. I'm just saying I watched the best clips every <laughs> day of it on Talk Soup. Is this uh, John Henson era Talk Soup? Uh, yes. Greg yeah. Kinnear. Uh, well, I came in right when Kinnear was quitting, so it was, it was me. Mainly Henson. Yeah, yeah. Come to think of it, that's how I got most of my Springer, too, because it mm. aired while I was at school. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was mostly Talk Soup. If I was homesick, I would watch it. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. It had started like seven years before this in 1991, and the last episode uh, aired like almost a year ago today. I, yeah, when I, I, I looked at it, I was like, how the fuck was it on so long? It's incredible. We- I had no idea. Yeah. Was it still was it syndicated nationally the I, whole time? I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I guess he's moving on to be Judge Jerry because uh, Judge oh. Judy uh, looking at the watch. Yeah, <laughs> she's <laughs> yeah doing the famous <laughs> gif. I did the gif, listeners. You have yeah. to just imagine. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I can't believe he's Judge Jerry. Like, well, he's not getting any younger either. But yeah, the he's coming back with Judge Jerry in September. Look forward to Judge Jerry, everybody. Sure. But uh, no, I remember like the. It was such a trashy show, and it felt like in me and Bob talk a lot about the end of history feel of the '90s. But so I think back then I was like, ah, "It's fun to watch this crap. It's just crap." Yeah. Like, uh, I, yeah, I watched a lot of these kind of shows, especially in the summer when I just was like a weird insular kid uh, staying inside. And I didn't like this one that much because Jerry Springer didn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. It was mostly just him, just in the audience while people on stage yelled at each other. There was yeah. no like interviewing or talking it was just like breaking up fights uh filming the fights and then just sort of talking to audience members he didn't really have much like presence in his own show really well, well he tried to act like he was above yeah yeah, yeah yeah you know that's why he would do his final thought you know mm. and go mm, yeah but, but haven't we all learned something isn't this <laughs> yeah. this was a valuable experience that everybody had <laughs> we weren't just gawking at open sores on stage <laughs> we were we learned things but, together you know it's kind of a theme for me where like when i'm watching this i'm going oh god this is embarrassing but i can't again i can't really be above it no no i i dread like my friends and i went as like a the whole jerry springer gang for halloween one year so (laughs) yeah like people on his show would become celebrities like we were talking about his uh one of the security guys steve Steve. wilkos yeah Yeah. and i guess you just found out about his i uh, didn't know he had his own show that is also still on the air if you think jerry springer is trashy oh my god yeah yeah Yeah, well the guy who breaks up fights got he, his own show? Yes, the security guard who's like an ex-Marine. Would like, you believe yeah. he's not very articulate <laughs> as a talk show host? But but somehow in 2007, he sold his own show, left Springer to do his own daily talk show that, um, yes, Springer is like B-level trash. He gets the darkest shit on the show that often involves like crimes like literal crimes that people did including two children and like maybe he was partially inspired by all of those dateline sting things but like the titles of the episode i'm like how can you call this how can you title your episode this about actual children who are having horrible things done to them 
how can you do this and like live with yourself? Like do this job. It's just, uh, it's Springer. They, he, I feel from the descriptions I've read at Wilco show, he stepped over the line that Springer wouldn't do. And maybe that's why he, he got a show. He's like, well, I see where, how far Springer will go. I got to go farther. Yeah. Yeah. Impact. I'm looking at, uh, the episode titles, I won't read some of them, uh, but uh, oh, we they're, have, they're too hot for podcasts. I think they just bring people down. But yeah, it's like right. uh, I'm not a molester; she's a liar. So oh, no. that is that is basically oh, no. uh, that's, 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 oh. and they're basically all like this. Oh, yeah. no. Steve, I'm being falsely accused. Steve, I need your help again. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So these are just all from this year, actually. So Hor- um, horrifying. Uh, it's uh, like they're make they're making a choice to use molest and molester, but they they know what they're really well, want to say. One of them does. I saw one title that did have the other R word word in it. I was like, you're a daytime TV show. How can I... I can't believe it. Like that is. Did you bite and burn my eight-month-old baby? Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, it makes Maury seem better. You know, like it just feels like a new low on that stuff, which I hate. I don't want to sound like a snob, but that's that is too that is too far for me. That show, Mm -hmm. Uh, and and that that and it's also like the guy who was the silent security guard is now a talk show host for thirteen years. (laughs) I did not set him up to be shot ten times. <laughs> I didn't. That, this is the wait, small. Wait. These are all real titles. Wait, I wonder if it was one shooting with ten bullets or oh. ten separate shootings that no. I did not set him up for any of them. The first nine were a setup. The oh. last one, <laughs> so it wasn't ten. It wasn't ten. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, on a technicality. Uh, but yeah, Jerry Springer. He got to start as a Cincinnati political figure. His big scandal was in the seventies that he went to a massage parlor and paid in a personal check. So it came back to him, and he was outed oh. for it. What an idiot. Uh, and he, though somehow he still got appointed as mayor when Cincinnati lost a mayor. He, he didn't win an election for mayor. He was just appointed it. He then tried to run for governor but in the Democratic primary, but but lost. And so that's when, in the 90s, he transitioned into, uh, into to a, a show. Trash yeah, host. To, to the TV show host. Well, apparently the first season was a little more Donahue-y, and I think he learned, like, we got to go trashier. We got to beat him in that way. Yeah, and now, like, every show, I mean, it's been a while since I checked in on daytime talk shows, but I guess if Steve Wilkos is still doing them, they're probably all like this, but everyone had to escalate the trashiness to compete with mm-hmm, Jerry mm-hmm. Springer. I remember when Maury was just like a touchy-feely emotional Oprah show, but then it yeah. became like, it's the show you go on to do your touchdown dance when you find out you're not the father. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, uh, yeah. 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 Maury was another show that my mom watched religiously, but the old Maury, the, yeah. the, the one that, that, that could pair up with Regis and Kathy Lee. <laughs> yeah, uh, with Springer too, I, I found out he is like t- over 200 episodes into a podcast. Uh, by episode count, he seems like he started around we did with this uh, Springer hey, podcast. You should do a oh, crossover. Wow. <laughs> this is one of the earliest TV shows where he played himself, but not the first. Can you guess what he, the first TV show he played himself on? <sighs> Celebrity Deathmatch. Uh, no, it was 1996. Oh, wait a minute. Hmm. Oh, you got me. Uh, one more hint. A fellow Fox show. Um, oh, I think I know. Is it Married with Children? Ah, you're close. Damn. No. X-Files. X-Files, okay. Well, they, they both fit. They both fit. <laughs> it's funny, actually. Maybe when Married with Children was over, they're like, the new king of trash is here, and it's Jerry mm. Springer. And plus, I mean, the show got so huge that they, I think they made millions off just those ta- too hot for TV tapes. Oh, yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, Mr. Show parodied those perfectly. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, all, all with the same censoring of Brian Posehn's butt crack over and over <laughs> That's again. right, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, the they 90s. sold... I even remember seeing those, like, in... They, it seemed too trashy for them, but they were they were renting those at, like, Blockbuster Video, my local Blockbuster I think had. my, my friends yeah. and I rented one, but it was just kind of boring. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, there were always those commercials for, like, those backyard wrestling outtakes yeah. or, or the underground comedy movie, which was the ShamWow Guys movie. Oh, that's oh. right, yeah. Uh, like before, before then. And, yeah, there was, like, this whole market for, like... Girls Gone Wild, yeah, right? Yeah, extreme videos that... Almost certainly, we're all disappointing. Mm-hmm. Well, now they, they can all be just slimmed down to like a ten second vine of somebody's pants falling down or whatever. <laughs> Why would you pay thirty dollars for a VHS tape to like fi- find it among sixty minutes of outtakes of people to say like "fuck you, man"? No, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess it's something to hear people actually say the words that are well, getting yeah. bleeped. I mean, that's what the Simpsons chewed on that wall a lot in mm. this, where they're just bleeping constantly. It felt, it feels strange. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the joke is, I mean, I guess I'm just used to uh, watching Hulu and Netflix and everything now where nothing is bleeped, but the yeah. joke is like, oh, they're swearing a lot on mm. Jerry Springer, which is where swearing happens. It's yeah. constant bleeping, constant blurring. And the Simpsons never get to bl- uh, swear. It's very rare you get a bleep, like, on the show. Well, like, the only other time before this I can think of a bleep was when Kent Brockman on TV says, and it's about fucking time. But it's, it's <laughs> which one was that? The do as you, do as you feel. feel yeah. Festival, um, yeah, yeah. They did the the episode with like Homer swear jar where they yeah. would cut around, cut to birds flying away or something. Mm-hmm. Same with when he said the loudest profanity Ned has ever heard in uh, yeah. the Mr. Burns Part 1. He does breathe in and make the F like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing they got away with that. And the writers of the show, uh, at least Cohen, are, there is very well-observed Springer acting here of the um, the wronged man who's trying to act too serious, like angry and tired. Jimmy. Yeah. Like, those, yeah. That reminds me of disappointed and terrified. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and sort of like his vindicated, like agreeing with the, you know, when an audience member mm-hmm. shouts down Kang, you know, yeah. he's just kind of nodding. And then also Kang's arrival is the guy who loves being on Jerry Springer. Like, hey, that's right. I'm the guy you love to hate. Woo. And and coming out with the roses for the woman. Oh, yeah, Yeah. that's right. It's it's all very accurate to uh, the Springer characters, which it it wasn't all fake. But how fake was that show sometimes? I wonder. I think think they're real people with real problems that just Mm. sort of get pushed into being cartoons of themselves. I think I remember seeing like MTV did an interview with some people who did it and they're like well I thought I had to fight the guy I'm on Jerry Springer so I was like yeah I gotta jump on him like, yeah I'm uh, sure they get you amped up and stuff like that mm-hmm. too so uh, Springer yeah. got sued in a wrongful death thing which then got thrown out of the course they just both decided like let's just settle and neither of us can probably win this but it was oh. that a uh, they did a classic you know this woman is cheating on this guy episode and the woman was murdered like and so the uh, by one the man who gets wronged in, oh, the, in the quotes and so her kids sued Springer of like, you made this murder happen, but it didn't go to the court. So who knows how it would have panned yeah. out. They, but yeah, I'm sure you got to sign yeah. a ton of waivers before going on that show. Yeah. 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 I, I worked in reality TV, mm. you know, before I was able to write full time. It is weird because they are real people. But you just, you, you kind of, their producers going up and going like, what are they doing over there? That's not right. Man, if I were you, I'd do something about it. And, you know, and also Oof. 
give them tons of alcohol. The, mm, yeah. the, the wildest story of that was like, I was running camera on this lady and she was like doing an interview and she started crying. And then the, the producer turns to me afterwards, after the interview goes, did you get it? And I was like, uh, yeah, the, I mean, the camera was rolling. I, I got it. He goes, no, but did you zoom on the tear? Mm, and I went, uh, oh, no, I didn't, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. And he goes, oh, you always <laughs> zoom on the tear. You got to follow the tear down her face. And I, and I was like, oh, I'm not cut out for this at all. <laughs> Capture the pain. <laughs> you, aren't, you aren't as ready to pounce on their misery <laughs> yeah. as you should be. Well, then I was like, what if I become, I was yeah, like. once it gets normal to you, like, then yeah. what happens? Yeah, what if yeah. I'm the guy, like. 20 years later telling some intern like you gotta zoom on the tear kids yes. these days don't even know uh, well I, when I was your age I learned and I learned fast I made them cry and I zoomed <laughs> and technology is so much better in the 20 years from now when you're telling them how to zoom into those tears <laughs> yeah it auto zooms on the tear <laughs> then they even have a parody of the person in the audience I'm glad they went with a white trash lady as, as far as other voices oh, yeah. they could have done yeah, yeah. that felt like a choice as well but it's a good design on her with her like poodle sweater and the curler and the hair that feels almost like too old it's like is she from the 50s this old lady yeah. <laughs> um, but she's played by Tress Tress does a great job with these kind of voices yeah. maybe and her only voice in this episode I think so yeah and she gets a scary voice on it too uh, or she gets a scary credit as well, which yeah, uh, she doesn't yeah. always get. But yes, this also this bit though reminds me of a Jim Gaffigan bit from oh yeah that was on uh, Doctor Cats, but it was about a manatee. But it boy I was just, it funny. I like the response. It's like I'm a manatee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a question for that gross thing, whatever it is. Homer. Nah, the green dude. <laughs> if you're that baby's daddy, where you been at? <laughs> needs to learn your green ass some responsibility. Now hold on, Kang. You can't bully my audience with your fancy ray gun. Yeah. <laughs> and now for my final thought. Nobody wins when parents put their petty squabbles above the welfare of a child. Let's hope they put their differences aside and do what's best for Maggie. <laughs> what the f***? Get the baby off, son of a... I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> March had some good lines in this episode. Yeah, yeah. They let her have fun. <laughs> the vaporizing of the audience, that's so funny. Like, he's like, you can't bully my audience, and then they're all dead instantly. <laughs> it was I looked like it was a challenge for the animators to one draw a Simpsonized version of Jerry Springer and then to do the parody of his closer, he has to speak to camera. So it's not just a front-facing Simpsons, which we know, like, those look weird in general. But it is a guy they've never drawn before that oh. has to look accurate to Jerry. So uh, I think they do a good job with it. I think it's probably more of a challenge for the animators than the writers expected when yeah. they wrote. He, uh, he yeah. does his good final point. thoughts. Yeah, the bit, him being attacked by Maggie is pretty funny, especially yeah. that it uh, results in his death. I especially yeah. like that. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's this thing where they, they just did fighting and cursing, and then they're <laughs> like, yeah, then more fighting and cursing. That's, yeah. that's kind of all, that, that's the only joke you really got on the Jerry Springer set. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but I do like Homer is like held up in the air octopus style, but still kicking at Kang. <laughs> For the whole sequence there, Kang does not have his glass tube over his head. Like he... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess he needed it off to kiss Marge's hand, but it kind of stays off yeah. after that. 
They're never yeah. that consistent with the glass tubes. I, I love a glass tube. King <laughs> Codus' glass tube is one of my favorites. I want the drooling to come back. Yeah, they don't drool as much there either. We get to the ending here, and this is where uh, it's one of my... I think it's my most hated ADR lines. <laughs> it's so artificial. It, yeah. It's like, ah. Oh. Yeah, but it was a killer joke. Uh, oh, so. totally worth it. Was it was worth it. It was yeah. worth it. Well, I guess to put this in time, listeners, just in case you don't remember 1998, Bill Clinton was being impeached uh, I believe the process was still happening. He hadn't been officially impeached yet. Yeah. All over a blowjob. He got a blowjob and lied about it. But uh, which, boy, that was a cl- classic time of Clinton allegations. Now then. it's like yeah. it, he stole a pie off a of windowsill. What it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was that then. You couldn't get away from it. Like then the uh, Wizard of Evergreen Terrace we just did. That starts with a Clinton boner joke. That's right. As well. Yeah. I see this ending bit here. It's kind of a just a bipartisan joke about killing politicians because yeah. we're sick of the politicians. Always which, with the politics. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those clowns in Congress did it again. <laughs> what a bunch of clowns. Uh, but then, and that joke's funny enough, they don't need a specific because that kind of joke probably could be timeless of just like, ah, people are always frustrated with politicians. They'd want the aliens to kill them all. I bet they were feeling some sort of friendly rivalry of something like South Park. I think, so, yeah. Where they were very yeah. of the moment, Simpsons you know, it's written nine months before the episode airs. So I feel mm. like, no, we could do a reference. We can reference this thing. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but I mean, South Park would reference something from this week. Yeah. And, and yeah. Ken Starr is like, this period of 18 months. Yeah. And it super dates it. And then just the delivery of it is just oh, it's, so. Oh, it's <laughs> squeezed into a, a, a locked animation. Yeah. I it, made a joke. It's like you can hear the phone ringing and then like Nancy Cartwright picks up and she's like, <laughs> don't forget Ken Starr. And then she hangs up the phone. It's like, it's not even coming out of Bart's and yeah, they wait yeah. they wait so long for him to say it they hold on that shot yeah. for so long yeah, yeah. It, it's very distracting they yeah. should have they should have recropped if they were going to have that line recrop the shot again with Bart not visible yeah. in it then at least or lift a mug over his mouth <laughs> yeah. don't forget Ken Starr I can't believe it Jerry Springer didn't solve our conflict and now he's dead Anywho, this is your last chance. Turn over the baby now. Or we will destroy all your leaders in Washington. Oh, you couldn't destroy every politician. Just watch us. (laughs) Don't forget Ken Starr. Suckers. Come on, Maggie. Let's go home. Very well. <gasps> I'll drive. <laughs> I need blood. They should have gotten James Earl Jones for that, I think. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Yeah, totally. It would have fit it would have fit with both of his previous appearances. This is indeed a disturbing <laughs> universe. And yeah. we voice Sarek the preparer, so yeah. he's also connected to the aliens. That yeah, I agree with your casting, Bob. We gotta go back in time and get James Earl Jones to yeah. do this. It, it's actually a pretty long list by this point of people who have voiced Maggie. Mm. Yeah, Elizabeth yeah. Taylor, James Earl Jones, Harry um, Shearer. Harry Shearer, yeah. I the, mean, Nancy Cartwright makes the she makes, she makes baby stuff. noises, yeah. And that, uh, but that I need blood. I'd forgotten that. I was like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. The laughter is enough to close it out. And, yeah. Uh, Again, it, that feels added, doesn't it? Yeah. It feels like, yeah, it was added after it, the fact. You can feel a little of like the like they, sweatiness of like, do we need one more thing here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Them getting bored with their own jokes after hearing them 30 times going, is this even funny anymore? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a danger in general with, you know, editing. And I don't know. I, I, is that come up 
in your line of work too, just of like, we've seen this thing so many times, maybe we'll change it up a little bit. I mean, in animation, not as much. Like in live action, sort of famously, everyone's tired of their jokes. So if it's not in front of an audience, they're always like, slipping in new jokes because uh. they don't even know what's what's funny anymore. And that's sort of like what, the, you know, it, it sucks to hear the laugh track on shows, but that's, that's mm. like sort of the point of the audience is like they confirm, yes, this is funny. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, with the Simpsons guys, they've said it too. They're like, they've thrown out good jokes just because they've heard it too many times and they, they go with something else. I think definitely the Ken Starr one was one of that and maybe uh. the I Need Blood, which doesn't even sound like it's Harry. It sounds like it's Dan actually saying Sounds a bit blood. different, yeah. It's not yeah. a great joke. Maybe they were just like, can we go out with this laughter again? Because so many things uh, go out with like crazy Kane Kodos laughter. Yeah. I do think the Springer one might be the, boy, no, Hell to Pay is the best of the three, actually. I think so, is, yeah. yeah. The Springer stuff is at least fully formed. Like, unlike 10 seconds of a tease of Regis and Kathy, this is like, they paid for the graphics, they got the music, they drew the security guards right, they hit so many of the notes of Jerry Springer. Like, it's a, enough specific that I appreciate yeah. that. Well, you can tell this was... The Springer one was the marquee one, the one that they were... Mm-hmm. I don't know, put the most effort into, and the one that I'm sh- that they advertised the hell out of. Yeah, I think it was the key, yeah. the key part to the ads for sure. Yeah, something that I only noticed in the this rewatch too is like Bart, Lisa, Itchy, and Scratchy are they're only on screen for like four seconds, but they are so fluid. Like I yeah. think they're animated on ones in that. I, I think, think yeah, yeah. I forgot to point that out. Yeah, they're just very fluid. I think just to match, like because now they're in live action, they have to be mm. a little more fluid to not like look yeah. like they're just pasted on top of a. A, a live action image. You talk about the Regis and Kathy yeah, Lee. Yeah, the Regis Kathy Lee live action segment. Yeah, yeah. It felt uh, their fluidness reminded me of Roger Rabbit quite a lot. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they that. could afford five seconds of that kind of animation. <laughs> yeah. I, I read that they like actually dropped stuff in the pot. Yeah, I was like, rewatching to see like was there something coming up from the pot or was something dropping? Yeah, they, but, they just yeah. animated on top of whatever they dropped at the yeah. pot. <laughs> I wonder what it was. I also sandbags. Wonder, how many times were Regis and Kathy go, good with like okay, splash me? Oh, a fourth take of splashing in the face. All right, sure, yeah. sure. How at what point do they go like? I think I've been splashed enough with <laughs> this soup. Thank well, you. Yeah. I would expect Regis to do as many takes as you want. Yeah, that's. I he seems a little more game for it. I think he's just like. Tell me some more. Come on. Hey, I loved his zing. That's yeah. a funny word too. But, uh, but yeah, a good tree house. Yeah, I liked it. It's, uh, yeah. it's very zippy. A lot of it I think is more like visual than in the writing, especially mm. this is the middle segment, but it's fun. Uh, the Jerry Springer stuff is incredibly dated, but it can't help but be dated. It was made <laughs> yeah. to be as relevant as possible for 1998. <laughs> yeah. But this, I will give credit for the Springer stuff to at least be accurate and well observed. Like they didn't, they didn't phone it in and just hear like, Oh, Springer's popular with kids today. Whatever that is. Just write a general talk show. Sketch. Yeah. They didn't do that. And same with, you know, Hell to Pay was the, both were, all three were really good at what they were the stylistically, you know, parodying. So, yeah. yeah. And, and the animation backed it up pretty well, too. A good start to season 10. Yeah. Yeah. Like none of the segments are, are classics, but they're all fine. Not one and stinker among them. We say goodbye to David Cohen, who went yes. off to yes. make some other yeah. show no one ever heard about <laughs> ever again. Well, that was like when I was a, when I was especially on the news groups and stuff, like Mike Scully was this pariah. Oh, but, yeah. But like as I got older and wiser, I realized like, oh, half the writers left to go on Futurama. Maybe yeah. that had something to do with the change in There tone. was a lot of brain drain. 
Yeah, but, uh, yeah. we've talked to Mike Skelly. He's a very nice guy. Very yeah. funny very, on Twitter, too. Yes, yeah. yeah. Cool dude. We apologize to him. <laughs> on the, If you listen to our interview, you'll hear me and Bob apologize to him for our uh, internet indiscretions with him yeah. beforehand. Yeah. I'm sure he's gotten a lot of those apologies over the past uh, 20 years. But uh, Alan, you're a special guest. Hey. Can you talk about where we can find you, what you're working on, what we can see? Sure. Well, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Alan the Writer, A-L-A-N the Writer. I, I'm developing a show that I don't, I can't really mention, and I were I wrote for a different show that they haven't announced that season yet, so I can't talk about it. Anyway, <laughs> I, I I write for cartoons. You have written before. I, I have <laughs> written for. I mean, the the most famous thing was yeah, I was staff writer on Sonic Boom, which went for two seasons, 104 episodes mm-hmm. on Cartoon Network. Um, so you know, just check out some Sonic Boom. That'll be good. I get no residuals on anything. So. People can Venmo you yeah. if they enjoy the show. So, so watch it in whichever way you, you deem appropriate. Well, thank you so much, Alan. I, I'm delighted to be here. Thanks again to Alan Denton. Be sure to check out Sonic Boom and follow him on Twitter to find out what he's doing next. But as for us, if you want to support our shows and get a lot of bonus podcasts, please go to patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons and sign up at the $5 level. If you do, you will get every episode of both Talking Simpsons and our sister podcast, What a Cartoon, one week ahead of time and ad free and at that $5 level there are a ton of paywalled podcasts you probably haven't heard yet including all of our miniseries the most recent one is Talking of the Hill a first season exploration of King of the Hill we have a new miniseries coming this fall only for $5 patrons and we have a newer $10 tier featuring extra long podcasts every month Henry what is that for our $10 and up patrons at the premium level, you get access to our monthly What a Cartoon Movie podcast where we talk about a different animated feature film once a month. If you sign up now, you get to hear July's Beavis and Butthead Do America as well as all the ones before that. And you'll get to hear August as soon as it goes live and is chosen by our wonderful patrons at patreon.com slash talking Simpson. So please support us today at $10 a month, patreon.com slash talk. Simpsons. So I've been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. Find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts. It's a classic gaming podcast every Monday and occasionally on Friday. Go to Retronauts.com or look for Retronauts in your podcast machine. Find it and subscribe to it. I think you'll like it. Henry, what about you? You can follow me on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. I'll give you updates whenever a new podcast goes live on either the free feed or on the Patreon. So be sure to follow me to find out there first, as well as all my other fun thoughts. One more time on Twitter, that's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Thank you so much for joining us, folks. We'll see you next week for the episode When You Dish Upon a Star, and we will see you then.